it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wade Keller Pro Sync Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Sync Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed, with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits, all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for the weekly flagship, talking current events in pro wrestling. All right, Jason, all kinds of rumors about what's going to happen at the Royal Rumble. In your mind, do you are you confident who the winner is going to be or who the who... Do you have it whittled down to like three candidates and really nobody else? Like, where are you as far as this goes? And has WWE done 
given away clues that give you such confidence? Or is it the opposite? You think it's pretty up for grabs among a half a dozen people? I wouldn't say a half dozen, probably the three. And of the people they've actually advertised for this, Cody Rhodes stands out as the most likely to me. There's also the more the bloodline saga drags on, it, it boy, I mean, you can make a great case. I, I've been slow to the idea of Sammy being the challenger, winning the Rumble and being the challenger. But, man, everything seems to be kind of setting up just in time where he's frustrated with them and everything else, and they're frustrated with him. I don't know that that's it. I don't know that he needs to win the Rumble to do that. We don't know what the Elimination Chamber is going to be for. But I think it's – my big thing with it, had this been – a, a stereotypical Vince guy over the years instead of Sami Zayn in this role. Well, of course, it's going to be that guy. Look, look at how much time they've invested in this. I still, I think I just have that Vince baggage of wondering, are they ever going to, would they go with Sami Zayn for their biggest event of the year? I hope they do. I, I don't know that they will. And then there's also Rock, Austin, something like that. So I would say those are, uh, somebody that's, you know, a, a name from the past, a huge name from the past, or one of those two. Yeah. I, what happened last night on Raw, to me, felt like you're watching a series that you're really into, the character development, and you start watching an episode and you're like, I think I skipped a week. I think yeah. I skipped an episode. Like, what between Friday and Monday, there was this giant leap. Paul Heyman went from telling Roman Reigns, Calm down, Roman. Not not quite in this language, but, you know, in essence, calm down, Roman. We'd rather have Sam in the inside pissing out than the outside pissing in. Cue, that's Friday night. Monday, Sammy, I wish you were dead. And I took the time to put this evidence together of why you can't be trusted. And I, I don't want you part of the bubble anymore. I'm like, what? What did, did I fall asleep for a week and miss a couple episodes? Did you have that? Because the segment itself is what we've been sort of like following the bloodline, anticipating a moment where Heyman turns hard against Sammy or Sammy sees the light and decides, I don't want part of this. And Jay steps up and, or the Usos step up and side with him or choose sides. And Solo really makes his himself clear where he stands. And we had a lot of that last, last night on Raw, but it, it, it felt incongruent with where we were at on Friday night. Did, it doesn't seem like everybody thought that in part because it was such a, sort of magical segment in terms of how into Sammy the crowd was and the smart use of video clips to piece together a case pro and con. Um, and, and the crowd was so into it and the acting in it is so good. I think people thought it's a really good segment and they're not seeing the fact that it just, unfortunately for me, just leaped ahead an episode or two in, in the series. We are totally on the same page. In audio last night for members after the show, I said the same thing. I felt like I missed an episode. Even though I loved the overall segment, yep. it did feel odd to me that just considering where they left off on SmackDown. With Heyman, I can just at least in my own mind go, well, he's going to go whichever way the wind blows. So if, if Roman feels this way, Heyman's going to go that way. Yeah. But we left off with Heyman being the guy that convinced Roman to hold on to Sammy through the Rumble. And there was nothing after that that really indicated that Roman had a reason to be upset with Sammy. He sent him to fuel up the jet, the, the, the jet and, and yep. get the uh, SUVs ready. So there was no reason. It wasn't like Sammy was supposed to save Roman from being put through a table. I felt like we just needed something. 
where Roman is clearly bothered that Sammy's getting cheered and that he is irrationally blaming him yes. for what happened on Friday that just wasn't there. Exactly. And that's that connective tissue, if that if they had time to tell that story, let's say the bloodline segment was at the top of the second hour, the top of the third hour. And then early in the show, they they arrive and Kathy Kelly approaches them, uh, Roman and Heyman, or just Heyman, and says, you know, whatever, you know, ask the question. I don't have it all mapped out exactly how they do it, but in a way that sets up Heyman or, or Roman to say, um, Sammy had had a job to do, and and he didn't do it. And then Kathy Kelly can go, well, you sent him to get the jet fueled up, and Roman is like, I needed him there at that contract signing and he was late um he wasn't there for me or Heyman saying something like that or Roman saying something and Heyman playing counter argument and then caving in because like you said Heyman Heyman follows the whims of Roman he reads Roman's demeanor and Heyman then you could see Heyman going from um excusing Sammy to not excusing Sammy and we'd see that transformation in front of us and we're like uh-oh Sammy's in trouble because Roman's in a mood and Roman's being unreasonable, and now Heyman has to flip from we want him pissing out of the castle to let's risk him pissing in, but we got to get rid of this guy. And sorry for my language. It's just like it's sort of crude, but it's the language Heyman used. Um, and Hey, if you can use it Friday night on Fox, you know, prime time, well, I think you're okay. No, my, my, yeah, and I think it was totally appropriate for Heyman, but for me to just kind of keep repeating it, it's sort of like, sure. do we really need, you know, need that but I'm, I'm using the language that they use it's not normally like the 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 language that i'd use for my analysis over and over again because it can be like all right we get it um but yeah so i would have liked to have seen that and i think they could have accomplished it in 20 seconds but they didn't and so it was jarring <laughs> like suddenly Heyman's like we want him in the castle not outside going from that to i've put tape together to unfairly frame him as disloyal and untrustworthy and yeah, I just, it was a bummer because that segment was so good and emotional. And, um, but I, I will say another critique though, is I needed, I needed Sammy to go from, I really, really, really want to be part of this. And he, he went from the, I need this and want this more than anything. And I'll put up with being, you know, abused and, and mind effed and, 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 and screwed with, cause I just want to be with the cool kids. And he just was like, ah, I have no defense. My feelings are hurt. And I, I think it was the obvious choice to have Sammy stammer and look at, at each of the bloodline members. Go, but you know, you, 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 are you mad because I didn't, sh- I wasn't there at the contract signing? But you, I was getting, the, I was doing what you told me to. I don't mean to talk back, but I, I would have been there for you. But you gave me a different task. And Jay, you know that. Paul, come on, stand up. And then that's when I think Jay could have said, you know what, Sammy, I got this. Because Sammy would be flustered and melting down in front of everyone because he so desperately wants it. The idea that Sammy's like, I'm hurt and so I have no defense, it just didn't feel like that's the Sammy I've known for the past few months. That that also seems sudden or you know incongruent with his character. It, it, I agree with you, but I'm also I'm trying to rationalize that one in my brain too, just going, well, is has the Sammy character reached that point where he's just throwing his arms up like, oh, enough of this. I, I can't please this man. But I want him to say that then. Sure. Like, like 
I, you know, because he said I had a lot of things planned I wanted to say, but I didn't anticipate how much this would hurt. And it, to me, that's Hangman Page. Like, oh, God, seriously, your feelings are hurt again, and now you're going to mope around with the Dark Order who tell you how great you are for the next four months. It's like, get over it. And, uh, like, I don't want Sammy to just give up and be mopey and his feelings hurt. Your feelings can be hurt, but you can also, like, there's... Sh- the, the other aspect of this is I think, and we talked about this with like Miz and Mizdo, sort of the go-to example of something that dragged down too long and it was too late. Um, or, or frankly, uh, Seth getting kicked out of the authority. The babyface has to make the choice, not the heel. And last night it was the heel and Paul Heyman representing Reigns who did not cut him off or disagree. And they basically told Sammy, you're done. We're done with you. Um, and then, yes, Rain said, I'll, you know, I'll give him another chance, and, uh, but I won't talk to you until Saturday. Um, but Heyman coming down that hard on him sort of puts Sammy in that position where can Sammy ever be looked at as having made the choice himself after that? And may- maybe so, but, but I think last night threw a wrench into that a bit. They, they made it more complicated for fans to go, Sammy's the one who made the choice to not be in the bloodline. The bloodline didn't make the choice, and his fallback plan was Kevin Owens and us. You know, it's funny. I, I think normally, yes, the babyface needs to make that choice. He's so over that I think even if he doesn't, when they finally turn on him, if they don't have him make that choice, he's going to be fine. I, I think the fans are still going to embrace him. But yeah, normally I'd say absolutely. You know, it needs to be Sammy stepping up in this case, uh, the babyface, and, and saying enough of this. But. If they don't, I don't know that it's going to be a a momentum changer at all for him. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. No food prep, just microwave in two minutes and you're good to go. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store or the hassle of ordering for home delivery, skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. I've been a Factor customer for a year. I buy these meals regardless of whether they sponsor this show. 
and they got me through the holidays. I had the fuel and the healthy meals that I needed for energy and weight maintenance with all the tempting treats at all the Christmas gatherings that I went to. So no matter what your lifestyle or what the season, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. They're prepared by chefs approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. The key to that is quality ingredients packed with nutrients, not empty calories. And that's what Factor meals are all about. And that is why I am a regular consumer of Factor Meals. I am big on nutrient-density food and skipping empty calories. So head to go.factor75.com slash Wade and use code Wade60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code Wade60 at go.factor75.com slash Wade60 to get 60% off your first box. Go.factor75.com slash Wade60. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I, I think you're right. And, and I think this sort of comes down to, do you hold the bloodline storyline and the, the, the brilliance of it? In the pro wrestling context, this, this has been... You know, a highlight of the last year of WWE TV, and, yes. and an angle that's going to be talked about uh, for for years as as a standard that others have to aspire. You know, hopefully, will aspire to, to meet. And I've called on, you know, last last week I called on the Bucks and Kenny and Hangman. If they're going to do an angle where Hangman wants to make up with the Bucks and Kenny, like watch the Bloodline segments, people. You're on national TV in front of a million people every week. I know you. I know you have a whole stack of, of awards and star ratings that you're proud of, but now it's time to be the stars of a weekly television drama, framed in the genre by the genre of pro wrestling. Think and, back to Nick before you know when AW was getting started talking about. I believe it was Nick and not Matt talking about the great Netflix dramas and how they want to tell stories like that. Yeah. Yes. So now it's time to do that. Step up. Cut promos. Put time into what you're going to do on television. Understand you're the top paid stars of the show, and you should be a weekly presence. If Paul Heyman and Sami Zayn and the Usos, Roman's part-time, but um, can be a week, in a weekly segment that's compelling and forwards a storyline and adds nuance and layering and little reveals and little twists and turns, and they can do that for 5 to 20 minutes every single week, the Bucks and Kenny can put the t- and Hangman can put the time in and do the same thing instead of acting like I mean for and I don't just be burying Kenny because Kenny's mega talented and all that I'm hard on him because he's great and he should be better than he is but sometimes he showed up looking like he just wore what was on the floor next to his bed yes and 
hit, you know, and, and didn't put any thought into his promo. Um, there's still no definition of who Don Callis is and why he's still hanging out with these people and how we're supposed to feel about him. So it's AW can step up their game, and I want them. I want them to care enough to do it. And fi- if they can't do it, if they don't have the mind for it, then maybe they don't. Maybe that's not how their mind works. Then your job is to find someone who can. You know, not everybody's good at everything, but gr- people who are great find people to help support them and fill in their weaknesses. So I want that in AEW, in particular with Kenny the Bucks and Hangman, because it seems like they're going back to that. Okay. So that said, um, the bloodline storyline I hold to a higher standard than it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't matter, or they could have done it better, but they'll be fine in the end. And and mm-hmm. that that's what you're saying and you're right and part of that is they've sammy is such an endearing character and his performances have been stellar and roman is bringing it and hey i mean just the dynamic everybody has a different dynamic with one another and it is like succession in that sense you just you're you're heck it's like modern family back in the day like the characters were so for a sitcom were so well defined and you knew them so well every episode paired off different people so you would have an episode where these two characters are with each other and they're not with each other a lot. But when they are, you're interested because you know so much about them and their dynamic with others. And you can weave, you know, one third of the show storyline can be about those two people going to a shopping mall. And you're like, ah, this is going to be great because I know their characters. That's how it is. Sammy and Solo, what's their dynamic? Heyman and Jimmy, what's their dynamic? Roman and Jay, you can say it about everybody. That's what's great. And that's why, even though in the end, Sammy's going to be mega popular, and that was an emotional moment, and Jay stepping up to defend Sammy was a wow moment, it still wasn't, for me, up to the usual standards of the Bloodline storyline, because the Friday to Monday, because what something happened between Friday and Monday that we were not shown or told about that is needed to make sense of where they landed Monday. And I, I don't know that they did anything. But if somebody's out there listening going, well, they did this on social media, doesn't count. Counts to you. Very small part of the viewing audience. And if you did it on social media, then make sure you play that on Raw. And and they didn't. I mean, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure just yeah, based I, on conversation. I don't think so either. Yeah. And that's just based on conversation with people about this. I think other people would have brought that up who I've talked to about this since last night. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I think... Uh, I think it's. I think this is still going to be great. And Sammy has the year twenty twenty three, and I, I know. I you know the like just two three years ago, the idea of oh yeah, Sammy Zayn is going to be a breakout top tier, mega popular Daniel Bryan level babyface. Like, is it's possible? It's even likely. And who would have seen this coming? But he always had the talent. You know, when, when Sammy first got called up, um, timing-wise, was around the time Brian was was out with with the uh, medical issues. And I was like, oh, Sammy can, you know, pick up where Daniel Bryan is leaving off and be that guy. And we thought, you know, we thought that up back on the indie scene and in NXT, he had that chance. But it just didn't quite click. You know, Vince Somm is this, you know, neurotic guy. And so he turned that into his gimmick. And, you know, Vince just didn't know what to do with him. And then this just, and even like Sammy said, and others have said, this wasn't supposed to be a long-term story arc with Sammy, but there was magic. There was chemistry there with those two, uh, or with everybody, not just those two, but Sammy and the group. And so they, they went with it longer. And I am still, even if I think there was a hiccup here in terms of, in terms of the, the, the rhythm and the beat of, of, of each uh, progression and the dynamic with everybody, 
I'm still on board with this, and, and I think your point is valid, but it doesn't invalidate critiques of what they did last night. But your point is valid. They're going to be just fine. <laughs> um, and I think Sammy's going to be mega popular. And going back to the initial question, I am not ruling out Sami Zayn winning the Royal Rumble and that being a major story arc, especially if they were thinking we're going to have The Rock, but now we're not. And I don't know that that's the case, but if they thought we're going to have... You know, we can save Sammy for a different time or tell that story differently. They might just be thinking this is red hot and things that we wanted to do aren't falling into place. So let's go with this. And that, that's what I was wondering coming out of last night is did something happen even over the weekend that led to them kind of accelerating or changing the way that they were going to tell the story of Sammy leaving the bloodline? Well, I think there is a very good chance something did, because remember, this was supposed to be they're bringing in various Samoan family members they are doing the acknowledgement segment and they switched it. And there is a lot of suspicion that maybe it was supposed to be, you know, kind of a launching point for something with Dwayne Johnson. Maybe it wasn't. But something changed there. And so is it as simple as, well, they like this idea better or did something fall apart and they did have to move? But still, it doesn't. You know, it, like we, I think we've kind of established, it would have taken them 20 seconds. I like your idea of a quick backstage interview with Roman Reigns, who now all of a sudden he's mad. And if he's mad, you see Paul Heyman next to him. And it would make sense that you know, if, if it was somehow established that he's felt this way since Friday, well, then you're now explaining why Paul Heyman had all this time to put together this uh, this hit job piece on Sami Zayn. Because again, Paul Heyman is going to do whatever Roman wants. And he he made his stand on Friday, didn't go his way, but now that now that he sees how Roman feels, okay, time to go against Sammy to to save his own ass. That's how Paul Heyman's character works. But we didn't get that, and it is really it's it sucks because this has been so good, and and still is. I just hope this isn't a sign that okay, some of that attention to detail, yeah, they're slipping now. Yeah. All right, let's pause and introduce ourselves. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, a Tuesday flagship edition for January 24th, 2023. And I'm Wade Keller, the host of the program, also the founder of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter and the website, pwtorch.com. I host The Fix with Todd Martin and Everything with Rich and Wade. Those are VIP exclusive podcasts, which we share with you here on the flagship um, every three weeks or so with a simulcast. And also the host of the, of, uh, the post-pay-per-view roundtables, which we'll be doing this Saturday after the Royal Rumble, and, and much more. And we have a whole array of other shows that are VIP exclusive when you're a VIP member. So why not become a VIP member? It's Royal Rumble WrestleMania season. We got an AEW pay-per-view coming up and so much great content. Not only new every day, but archive unmatched archives the second you sign up 35 years roughly of archives of uh, podcasts newsletters retro radio shows ad-free website access just for our vip members with exclusive articles pwtorch.com slash go vip support us and we'll give you a ton in return that's pwtorch.com slash go vip yes our vip podcast feed is compatible with the apple podcast app built into the iphone thus it is compatible with Apple CarPlay too. And when you sign up, you get an email with a link. You click that link and you're signed up. No advanced settings, no password, no hassle. It's a very frictionless sign up process with our express sign up form and multiple ways to pay. You can also support us and get our VIP podcasts through Patreon or directly within your Apple Podcast app. Full explanations and details for Apple users, Android users like me, and people who just like to stream from our website. So many ways to listen and read our VIP content. 
Sign up at pwtorch.com slash govip. The other voice you hear on the show is Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net and the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. He used to be on the flagship every week in our early years doing the uh, the flagship show. We've switched to every three weeks a while back, and this is the week he's on, and it is great having him with me to talk about Raw 30 and also preview the Royal Rumble. We'll also talk some AEW later in the show, what is... Uh, Kind of on our wish list, I guess, is what we're going to talk about for AEW uh, in 2023. And also the uh, the Mark Briscoe news, the good news that he'll be wrestling tomorrow night on AEW Dynamite. Also some MLW news we will get to and more. Uh, but Jason is my co-host. And uh, Jason, uh, why don't you tell people how they can hear more from you than just us talking on the flagship every three weeks? Absolutely. Check out the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Uh, The new episode will drop this week on Wednesday. Brian Fritz, formerly of Sporting News and Between the Ropes, is going to be my guest, and we'll be talking about all things Royal Rumble and whatever other news of the week should pop up on, uh, I guess, between now and then. Really looking forward to that conversation. Do a search for Pro Wrestling Boom on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It is a free weekly show, and if you're interested in taking it to the next level, become a member of ProWrestling.net. ProWrestling.net is my website, and we do have an ad-free version of it for the members, which comes with a ton of audio content. The .NET Weekly Audio Show is our flagship. Jake Barnett and I get together usually Thursdays and discuss all the news of the week. And we also uh, tend to run through the previous night's AEW Dynamite and get Jake's take on that show. Uh, that uh, usually 60 minutes to 90 minutes. And again, that is our flagship show. We also have my weekly Q&A where I uh, take questions from the members, both pro wrestling and non-wrestling, and have some fun on the back end of that. All the major television shows and pay-per-views reviewed in audio form. Just a ton of audio content. Visit pwmembership.net if you're interested in membership. Or there's also our Patreon page. If you want to potentially save a few bucks, check out patreon.com slash prowrestling.net. Just be sure to spell it out, patreon.com slash prowrestling, D-O-T-N-E-T. And if I can help you out with anything on Twitter, when it comes to this, follow me at prowrestlingnet. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PWTorch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. are you right now and i know there's a lot of reporting and then there's some disputing of the reporting and then there's rumors and conjecture that can sometimes turn into headlines because people are paid by their editors to generate clicks and that can sometimes lead to uh, a passing comment that isn't meant to become a headline story turning into a headline story that gains a ton of momentum in this in this clickbait era um did you you hear that the saudis are buying wwe (laughs) exactly so i i and i you know 
say. I don't engage in I, I don't engage in that. And and when I am saying something, I even try to head off it turning into clickbait because it's happened before, where it's like God, I you know. Anyway, so things are going to take it out of context. And I, I, I sympathize with the writers who are just trying to, you know, gain a foothold and get clicks for their articles, looking for something that's newsworthy they can throw in a headline. And it's more the fault of the editors um, of some of these kind of more corporate sites that are just, you know, driven on click, click, click instead of some sort of track record and integrity and, and, and news judgment. But that's a, a subject for another day. But all that said, um, you know, with, with all the speculation and talk about The Rock or Steve Austin or, or, you know, John Cena, this and that, and maybe how Vince McMahon coming back might affect some of those situations or other factors, are, 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 do you think it's WrestleMania worthy if Roman Reigns has just one match and it's against Sami Zayn in Los Angeles? Is, is this storyline strong enough and what's your take on the headlines that are out there and the conjecture and the reporting um in terms of whether rome is going to wrestle once or twice and what context that may may in in what context that may happen so i i personally feel yes it is strong enough it it plays to their base in a large way the fans they already have my fear is that they're looking at this as L.A., we need to wow people when it's mania, so we need to be larger than life, and that's not Sami Zayn, that's The Rock, that's Steve Austin, maybe that's Cody Rhodes. And so, yeah, that's the part that concerns me a little bit as somebody that has kind of come around to, I wouldn't mind seeing Sami Zayn and Roman and this all come to a head on the biggest stage. And I look at Cody and it's like, well, hey, I think there is a way to heat Cody up, and I think that could be a major match too. I also feel like, you can do that next year or another time. Cody can wait. This Sammy thing, I don't know that it's ever going to be hotter. And so I, if you're going to do it, I say do it. And they may give us both. For all I know, they're going to give us Sammy and Roman at Elimination Chamber instead of Mania. We'll see. Yeah, so if 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 Cody wins the Rumble and he is the opponent for Roman, does that stage and setting help elevate Cody to the co-lead babyface that they want him and are counting on him in a way to be given the the depth chart right now and, and who they have to work with. And if Sammy's are like, because I, I kind of go back and forth on this when I think about it and talk with people about it, because Sammy is mega over. And I think that storyline wise is much more compelling than Cody in yeah. his dream to become a WWE champion. I mean, that's fine and dandy, and people are behind him, and it's it feels earnest, and, and it makes the title seem important, and there's this legacy, and it's a feel-good story. All kinds of things working in its favor. And I'm I not... don't know that I buy the story as a shoot, but hey, they're, <laughs> yes. they're telling the story. And and that's the thing. Tell Regardless of if it's true or not, tell the best story on TV. Um, and I don't give them bonus points for... I don't even like giving bonus points for it being real, because I think a lot of times... People go with things that are real that are actually the second or third best choice among the options. That's true. And so I just, you know, I just judge it. Is it a good story? Um, and do they tell the story well? So they are with Cody. And under normal circumstances, I'd be like, yeah, because that setting of WrestleMania in L.A. in that stadium can make Cody, can elevate Cody. And if he doesn't get that spot, if he doesn't get the Rumble win, it sort of sends a meta message to the fans of, ah, we're not really that into Cody. You might be, you might not be. We're not. Where with Sammy, he doesn't need to win the Rumble to be mega popular because he's had all this TV time and he's just so good at what he does. So there's part of me that's like, when we start looking at where are we in June, July, and August, 
Cody winning the Rumble and facing Roman might not be the best match for WrestleMania, but it's damn good because Cody's mm-hmm. really over. And I really am interested in exchanges between Heyman and Reigns and Cody. Like, I think promo-wise, that's going to be really interesting. I don't know that it would be great. It might be. But it will be interesting seeing Cody have to step up his game and work with people as polished and smart as Roman and Paul, in particular, in getting his promos up from where the... Because Cody has glimpses of great promos, but also can stray, you know, so, um, and can kind of like like the sound of his own voice or t- tell kind of be kind of quirky and weird in a way that sta- that veers he, off. Topic. He likes to be a contrarian, and he you likes. Think I'm thinking this, but here's actually what I'm thinking. Yeah, he sort of thinks out loud, and so I am kind of curious, like how how does that work? And frankly, I just I want to see Roman while he's still around work with more people than just Sammy and Brock and Drew. You know, like like give me and Kale. I mean, Kale's fun. Um, although it feels kind of secondary. So anyway, my point in this is I think Cody Reigns might lead them in a better spot in terms of Cody's star power come June, July, and August if he happened to, if we look back and go, yeah, he was a guy standing there winning at least the WWE title or sharing the spotlight with Roman in the main event of WrestleMania. But I do think Sammy is the better pick if they were going out of business the next week after WrestleMania and you just want to tell, have a great season finale. You know what I mean? Like, well, you got to conclude the Sammy story and have Cody do something else. Um, so where are you if, you if you look at those two as uh, option, you know, A1 and B, B1 or whatever? Ooh, I mean, I, I still, for me, it comes down to, well, actually, I don't worry about Cody and the moment. If Cody wins the Rumble, it's going to be well-received. If Cody goes on to win the championship at WrestleMania, it's going to be well-received. It's how Cody does coming out of that that I think is the mystery. Because once, MJF talked about it in a promo, but it's true. I don't remember his exact verbiage, but... There's just an audience that's going to be hungry for a change. You you get a honeymoon phase, and it doesn't last long. It lasts longer with others that you know some some more than others. But how quickly do the fans go from oh this is great that Cody's the champion to okay what's next? Screw this Cody Rhodes guy. He's had we not seen him kind of go through that in AEW. Not that he was champion, but we saw the fans kind of turn on him and start to reject him. I don't know that I'd have as much of a concern about that as I do. So, and, and I think that factors into the decision. I, I don't think, I, look, I think they're in a great place. I love as, a, as just a viewer that we don't know. We're having this conversation, Rumble Week. Could it be this person? Could it be that person? And it's not just lip service. It's compelling. There's compelling possibilities. There are different scenarios that make sense that would be fun. Maybe there's something we're not thinking of, too. I don't even know. But usually it's, ah, so-and-so is going to win the Rumble. Eh, who are the dark horses? That's not happening this year. This is great. Um, who? Okay, so we're talking about Sammy and Cody. Who else, unannounced or announced, is next on your list? Mm, well, I think other than I mean, the Rock or Austin scenario, I can't say. I'd love Steve Austin. I, I don't need to see Steve Austin challenging Roman Reigns. They just, there's... It almost feels like, well, we couldn't get rock, so let's just uh, throw a, a boatload of money at Austin. And I know it's, it's. Uh, I think Dave Meltzer's reported that the match they approached him about was actually uh, Austin and Brock Lesnar, and I'd rather see that. I just don't know that you need to shoehorn Austin into this Roman thing. I'm sure it would be very successful for them; it would be entertaining and all. But I can't say it jumps off the page at me as 
this match that I need to see. Right. I just think, would I like to see Austin on the show if he is feeling up to it and everything? Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, so, so I th- but I think it is one of those two. They can't possibly go back to Brock and Roman again. If if they do, then we just know that, yeah, Triple H may be in title writing the shows, but we know he's running the show. Uh, and I don't even think Vince McMahon would be crazy. Enough. Well, maybe he would be, but I would hope that even Vince McMahon would go, we can't do this again uh, with Brock and Roman. So beyond that, ooh, I, I mean, you, I, I, I guess it would be a solo Sokoa, a Jey Uso, yeah, um, I I'm struggling to think of anyone that really jumps. I mean, Seth Rollins, I guess, is a long shot as well. Anytime you're watching WWE Raw or SmackDown or AEW Dynamite in particular, send us an email if you've got thoughts on the show or a topic you want us to address or a question for us. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. If there's anything else going on in pro wrestling that you want us to address on our main podcast during our mailbag segments, that same email applies. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. We invite that interaction. Let us know what you think of what we're saying and let us know what you want us to talk about and ask us specific questions. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Yeah, so I, I talked about this last night on the Raw Post Show. I think there's a certain type of fan who isn't studying or savvy enough of an observer of booking patterns to be like, well, it's it for sure isn't going to be Gunther carrying Cross, Braun Strowman, or for that matter, Drew McIntyre. But because th- I think there's some fans out there who can talk themselves into thinking, ah, because they kind of remove themselves. They don't think about what's happening next based on booking logic and, and cadence and patterns and money. They just think, I like this guy and want to be cool if he won, and I can imagine it on the billboard. And I, I think there's fans who can say that about Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus even. Um, there might be some mm-hmm. you know, Braun super fan out there who's like, I want to see Braun take down Roman. I want him to win the Rumble. And they're not thinking it's actually a booking decision. They're just thinking, wouldn't it be cool if that happened? And I think there's a good amount of uh, – there's a, a nice number of wrestlers who fit that. Um but we know, <laughs> you know, like we know they're not going to win, but you can tell a convincing enough story or just their mere status and presence makes them a credible final four or five person where you're like, oh, maybe. Um, and they have that in terms of the depth chart because Karen Cross, Gunther, Braun, Sheamus, Drew, heck, even Ray's telling a fun story. And if you take away the idea that, you know, they're not going to headline WrestleMania with Ray against Roman, you think, oh, it'd be real fun. What a story for him to win. And there, by the but so that's among the wrestlers who are announced. I, I think Seth is the top candidate among them to win because he's actually talked about it. But it's sure. also just not going to happen unless it's the C plan because some things out of their control happen and they're like, oh, we really want Sammy and KO against the Usos, or we really want Sammy and Steve Austin and the Uso and and KO against the Usos and Solo, like. You know, if they have something they're just locked in on, and it's like, oh, God, but now we've used that. So now we need somebody else. Then that's why you would go to Seth now and try to just tell an abbreviated story with Seth. Or or I should say accelerate the story you've been kind of dropping hints at. But but really, nobody else announced is anywhere near Cody's level. Sammy's not even officially announced for it, is he? I don't believe so. Yeah, so... 
Um, and Roman said, I don't want to talk about him till Saturday. I don't want to see him till Saturday. Yeah, let me ask you that. If, yeah. Can you, would you run the risk of putting Sammy in there? I mean, if he's not winning? Well, it depends on the story you tell with him. Because um, I think you can tell a story with him not winning, but the story is substantial enough that it doesn't just feel like he's, you know, Santos Escobar who entered and eliminated one person and then got eliminated three minutes later. Like, you don't do that with Sammy. But if no, but I mean, you know, look at what Danielson over the years, Daniel Bryan, you put him in there and it just kind of the fans wanted to see him win it so badly. There, I, I, I would deflates, say, I guess yeah. if you're going to do it, maybe you have to do Sammy very early to put some distance in there so that it's just because I think it's going to be a, a deflating moment for people unless it's just a great angle. That's the thing. So if it happens, it has to happen. If Sammy is in it, he has to enter early and get eliminated early. And it has to be a, a storyline that involves it can involve Kevin Owens because he's in the title match with Roman. Um, I mean, it could, but they're not. They're, I doubt Kale's going to lose to Roman and then enter the Rumble later. Um, but you could have Solo eliminate Sammy, and that's a big moment for the Bloodline, and that forwards a storyline, and the heat's on Solo, and the fans are mad at him. I think Cody is popular enough to survive that and have fans go, "All right, I wanted Cody to, I wanted Sammy to win, but I also want Cody to win, so I'm okay with this." And they're mad at Solo, not mad at WWE booking and mad at Cody. I don't yeah. think this is a Batista Dana Bryan situation. But if it were someone else, like Brock or Cena, you know, where it's like, oh, you're going to the old the old guard instead of the new guy we want to see. That's the risk. And I don't think Cody is that. So I think they can get away with it if Sammy's not winning. I don't think Sammy being in the Rubble means he's necessarily going to win, but he's also not going to just get unceremoniously tossed out because that would diminish him. Sure, yep. And, and run the risk of undercutting Cody winning in the reaction if Cody wins. But they have 15 wrestlers. on. A, I mean, half the match is not announced, half the competitors. So there's a lot of, of X factors, including The Rock, Roman Reigns, or I'm sorry, The Rock, Brock Lesnar, um, and John Cena, and Steve Austin, who are just, you know, and Goldberg for that matter. God, please, no. Um, <laughs> who are, you know, but, you know, the, the, the old sta- the, the standbys who, you know, you just sort of, grown but you're like yeah i could see vince just decided to do that in past years so they're all there but other than that i mean i don't know yeah i just don't think and they're not even trying to tell us a story of somebody else i mean i'm glad i frankly i wish they were you know i kind of wish we're getting a little bit more of of a story of braun and gunther uh maybe drew and sheamus saying it's going to come down to us and then whoever wins will be rooting for the other guy to end roman's reign but, you know, WWE philosophically, and I get it, they don't like to suggest matches that might compete in fans' minds with what the actual plan is. And so they just don't have wrestlers hard sell winning if they're not going to win, if creatively they think fans would prefer that over what their real plan is. But what they, it does... They do the Kevin Owens. I guarantee you that I'm going to fight and do everything I can. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I guarantee I'm going to win that. I, I, I was listening to his words carefully, and I was like, "Where are you go?" Oh, okay. Gonna, <laughs> I, I promise you, I'm going to try hard. Um, that's a spoiler. I'm going to try my hardest. That's not a spoiler. Um, but even that, like, I don't. You know, you could put Drew on. You know, a soundbite going. You know, after what happened last year, I am determined to make this my night. Well, you know, now he's you're setting him up to fail, and you're setting up his fans to be let down. But there's still a way to present him and others as. This is a big match, and I want this to be my night, um, and, and plant the seed so it doesn't seem like it's just one or two people. 
WWE has their way of doing things. They don't always sit back and reevaluate it. Paul Levesque is in a position where even with Vincent Man looming, he can still, you know, in charge of kind of the day-to-day details, reevaluate some of the things, some of the ways that they've done things in the past. This is one he is not choosing to do real differently. Um, and that means he agrees philosophically or he just doesn't think it matters because they're paid a flat free from Peacock and, and all's well that ends well. And they know that the winner is going to be welcomed by fans and they're not too worried about, you know, creating more drama with 26 of the, of the 30 because they don't think that's important. And they might be right. Um, but I prefer having a longer list than just three or four people who might win who enter the rumble. And I think my preference would be to create a few other stories that don't turn out to be true because it adds more suspense to the match itself, which I think then leads to more drama when someone wins. Baby steps, though. I mean, seriously, at most years, it's that John Cena's winning the Rumble or Steve Austin's winning the Rumble. There's just so many years like that where this year there's actually some options. So I do like that part of it. Who is your pick after all? I mean, it sounds like Cody. Between it is Cody. Uh, yeah. I, the more we've talked about this, I do lean that way. Like if I had to put money down, I mean, The Rock is the guy if you can get him. Yeah. I just don't know if, they, if they're getting him, and so I probably would go Cody. And I think there's a risk. Like, for me, The Rock's role isn't... If Rock had shown up last night and was part of the storyline... I mean, I'm not saying there's only one way to do it, and I'm not saying that if they take an alternate path, they can't make it work. But to me, Rock's got to be in the storyline and mentioned before he wins the Rumble in some way, not where it's obvious and you're showing your hand, but where it's a factor. And they just don't allude to him as the real head of the table of the family. Like, it's just not a card that they play. So for him to just show up and win the Rumble, and then to be the guy to end, to like, I'm going to beat Roman Reigns, well, you're not going to be a fighting, you're not going to win the title and defend it. You know, you've already won well, the title. We, we said that last time. I, you know, I mean, I know it's been a few years, but yeah. I had that feeling with, Going into the Cena match, and then lo and behold, he won. Yeah, I think we're in a different place now. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I do. Now, I'm not 100% ruling it out, but I think fans would look at that and go, ah, we'd rather have Sammy be the one to end Roman's reign or Cody than a guy just visiting who's, you know, bigger than WWE. So I, I don't know. I think there's some risk there. I mean, from a mainstream standpoint, yes, but do you make WrestleMania all about? the fan who shows up once a year to chuckle at a few things, or do you aim it at creating new stars who are going to be on TV every week and help boost ratings and, and make and draw big numbers on Peacock and help you get that next big TV deal Uh, to me, like rock can be part of this, but to me, it's like rock teams with Sammy against reigns and solo one night. And then reigns defends against Cody the other night, like something like that makes sense to me more than rock winning the rumble and getting the, the one title shot of the weekend. That is such a letdown to me. I've seen people have put that scenario out there that there's some tag match or a six man tag. It's, I mean, everybody's different on this, but for me, it's like, all right, it, it, it's something, but it's to me, that's a big letdown that the rock is just going to do that. Of course you take it. If that's what he wants to do and he's not willing to do a singles match, it's still something. But I mean, it's just, this story was when, when they came up with the head of the table and all of this, you know what they had in mind. And if they can get that match, I think they have to go with it. Yes, but I don't think Rock needs to win the Rumble to get that one-on-one match. I don't even know that Rock needs to win the match of Mania. I mean, yeah. you're yep. saying it's you know it, it's obvious. And, and I can, again, point to, well, he did beat Cena, and he did defend the title sporadically, just as you know, Brock Lesnar's done sporadically, and it didn't last long. But I, I think there's easily a case where... Rock just comes up short somehow, some way. 
and Roman retains that championship, and and then it's on them to okay. Now you've had the ultimate match. What can we do next? Maybe that's where you enter Cody somehow. Uh, not that same night, but just uh, coming out of Mania, leading into SummerSlam. Maybe Cody does become uh, the the next uh, the next big babyface that that feels like a major threat to actually. Maybe he delivers that promo and guarantees that he will take that championship. We're about to go to a commercial break. Why listen to commercial breaks when you can go VIP and experience our shows with the ads and plugs removed? PWTorch.com slash go VIP. That's PWTorch.com slash go VIP for full details or go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. Rates start as low as $4.99 to remove the ads and plugs through Patreon. Full VIP membership starts at $9.99. Treat yourself to a streamlined ad and plug free listening experience with a VIP or Patreon membership. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps or visit us directly at pwboom.com. Once again, that's pwboom.com. I would, I'm, okay, I'm more okay with like a dream tag match of Rock and Sammy together and the dynamic between them and what Sammy would gain from sharing the ring with Rock and it takes pressure off the Rock to actually be able to perform a full-fledged match because Sammy can do sure. most of the work. And then you also are putting Solo, if it's Solo and Roman, and we see Solo's on Roman's side. You know, Roman goes, Solo, get him. And and Solo goes and is going to, you know, basically slice Sammy's throat from behind is, is essentially the body language there with the Simone Spike, the, the visual they were hinting at or, or, or suggesting. He's with Roman. He takes orders from Roman. Until last night, by the way, I didn't know if Solo's sitting here going, all this drama, I'm above this, and I'm on Team Sammy. Or if Roman ever tries to treat me like he treats Sammy, he's in trouble. He just leaped at the chance to take the order from Roman. And I don't recall him being that obedient and subservient to Roman's commands. Like, he was a guy standing around sort of playing along with his arms crossed, not showing emotion. And I thought that's an underrated and big moment, and I'm not sure that I like it. Um, But I'm sure I dislike it either. I don't know fully how to feel about it. But that was a big reveal, too, compared to how, I wouldn't say protected, but how how much we've been shielded from knowing what's going on in his head and how he'd react to being ordered around by Roman. But now that we know that, Solo sharing the ring with Roman on a WrestleMania stage opposite of The Rock and Sammy helps elevate Solo. And that's part of my argument for Cody winning the Rumble and facing Roman at least one of the nights, if Roman does double duty, is that makes Cody a bigger star and you can use that for months and years to come. And if you don't use Cody in that match, then there's a downside. Um, which sure. is he wasn't big. He, he the meta the meta interpretation is he wasn't deemed worthy or a big enough star to trust to entrust with a WrestleMania main event against Roman. So you can give that rub to Sammy and Solo by being in the ring with Rock and Roman, but not have it be Miz and our truth against Rock and Cena. Like it it would be a boost to the two guys, not they're just bodies to do a job. Yeah, yeah, it, it's I still give me the singles marquee match. I'm not saying it would be bad if they if they went with the tag I, I think it would be very enjoyable it just doesn't have that marquee moment for me that it's just it's the single showdown to you know who is the head of the table and all that but it would still be special yeah yep 
Uh, oh, and, and one yeah, more thing on Solo. Sure. If they want to, they can walk that back. It can be as simple as Sammy confronting Solo about it. I can't believe you're going to do it. And him, you don't think I knew that Jay was going to stand up? True. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am curious what the follow-up is. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if there's going to be an acknowledgement of the criticism of the Friday to Monday leap. And if I they, so. And if on Friday they or saturday even they kind of retroactively connect some dots for us and there's a backstage expository segment where you know paul says or roman says to paul or paul says something to roman and we're like oh that's a conversation that happened between friday and monday now what Heyman did said makes more sense and i'm what what if there's an interview with william regal that secretly was recorded three weeks ago (laughs) that would be dumb (laughs) yeah um. Yep. Yeah. So, and and they had made a big deal out of, um, you know, there being more people at Monday's segment. You know, it's going to be this family affair, and that led to people thinking The Rock was going to be part of it. Um, but I, I mean, I, I, what I had heard is the Samoans were going to be there to add like a backdrop to it but it wasn't going to be a major part of the storyline but it did there but they ended up being unavailable so um or they couldn't be there for some reason so they ended up but that what the original implication was yes there's going to be more more to it but it wasn't going to be like a determinant part of the angle like so to me basically based on what i heard it didn't sound like rock is going to be there it's going to be a major angle with rock but more the family's going to be there to make it feel like a bigger deal and they just for whatever reason couldn't be there yeah, I, I would think it, it, uh, if you have The Rock and you can pull off the surprise of the Rumble, take that approach rather than shocking people that he shows up on Raw and, and giving people time to think about it. I mean, not that everyone hasn't been thinking about Rock as a possibility anyway, but I do think there's the chance that resentment grows. He shows up on Raw on Monday, gives people you know until Saturday to go on Twitter and piss and moan and whine and complain about yeah, The Rock coming back, blah, blah, blah. Might be better if he just shows up unadvertised and you get that moment, if it's going to happen, and we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so, um, trying to think. Yeah, I mean, anything anything else on the men's rumble? Ooh. Or, I should or, actually yeah. pull up the damn listing, shouldn't I? That would, that would maybe help jar something. I mean, I, I think those are the real players— that we've discussed, I I just don't know who else you put in there. That is really, I mean, that, that falls into that category of, of being a potential Roman challenger. I, I'm, maybe I'm forgetting somebody, but I just don't even know who that would be. I mean, we, we went so far that you listed Goldberg, and, and God <laughs> help us. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just yeah. looking at the list. No, there, there's nobody else that jumps out. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. How about on the... Uh, uh, it, oh, God, God, sorry. Yeah. Biggie. I, I always want to include oh, that. yeah, I think that's... I have no idea where he's at you know, physically, but if he were able, I think he is like... You at least have to mention him as a possibility because that would be an amazing story. Um, absolutely, that would be. Um, I wonder if... Like, the, the, the <laughs> it would be an amazing story, but the story they've told isn't Biggie's comeback. It's Cody's comeback. 
Right. And so if Big E comes back and wins, and we have him watching his workout videos, it's basically just taking Cody's place in the storyline that Cody is supposed to have, which is this great comeback. Um, well, good. Cody can get angry and bitter and turn him like he should have done an AEW. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'd be funny. All right. So on the women's side, um, you know, a lot less intrigue and, and understandably so. Um, um, but I don't know. I mean, what what do you do you have? Is this going to be like a star making moment for Raquel or Shayna, who's been laying really low? But um, you know, maybe Levesque thinks he can turn her into something by having her be sort of a you know surprise everybody by winning, and then they you know they have something specific in mind for her for Mania, or you know they've already done Liv Morgan. They're not going to God, please don't over push her again. But you've right. got Rhea Ripley um, as a possibility. Uh, yeah, just who who's kind of on your list? And those are the, just the announced wrestlers. Uh, include maybe unannounced wrestlers. All seven of them. Yeah, we have Liv, Rhea, Candice LeRae, Raquel, Shayna Baszler, Zelina Vega, and Emma thus far. Uh, the ones, the the two that stand out as I guess possibility. Rhea is the one I feel should win it, and I think will win it. Raquel, I like that they just mentioned that she's going to have up to thirty family and friends in attendance. I, yeah. I do think that that helps, you know, and. I, it was a cool thing. Impact with their hard to kill pay per view had Mickey James' son and her parents there, and it was a retirement stipulation. She had to win the title or she had to retire, and it just helped sell that story. Like, wow, maybe this is it. The whole family's there, and with this, it just kind of it works. Yeah, so maybe all these people are going to be there because Raquel's going going to win. When in reality, I mean, it could be that she would be on the list of my suspected candidates. I would not go with her. Uh, because I don't feel like the crowd has taken to her in a way to take that chance yet. I, I feel like there's still work to be done with Raquel Rodriguez. Rhea, to me, is the obvious choice, unless it's just somebody that, yeah, you know, one of the other 23, and I don't even know who that would be. Yeah. I mean, Rhea would be my choice. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to, like, Raquel just, yeah, she already visited and lost the main event title picture. And Rip, uh, Ripley's been pr- more protected in that realm, I think. I mean, I don't, I don't like Rodriguez. Just feels like that would be not the crowning or ascension, but a rerun. And Ripley is a person who has has the 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 real momentum. But I mean, yeah, you can throw Ronda Rousey in there, or um, please don't. I know. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't actually have a. a a ton of strong opinions or conversation because frankly, I mean, they've got Bianca, Bailey, oh, Sasha too. You know, there's some people who want it to be Sasha. Um, but you've got, you know, your top four, five, six women and they're going to be on WrestleMania and there's a chance there's an X Factor. You know, the Bellas have a new, some some reality show, Nikki's Wedding. Well, have you seen their video? I don't know that they're going to be in. No, I haven't. Why? Uh, so they weren't at Raw 30, and they took time to go on Instagram Live. I think they had a conflict. Yeah. Uh, but they went on Instagram Live and uh, were complaining that the women's uh, evolution uh, wasn't showcased more, that they couldn't show Sasha Banks because she's too over, <laughs> that they couldn't show Soraya. Uh, so, yeah, they uh, they made it no secret that they're not on the best of terms right now with uh, WWE, yeah. or, or at least unhappy. Yeah, well, that 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 eliminates that just dark horse wild card 
possibility that I throw out there. Um, I, I got a kick out of Charlotte mentioning the Bellas, and then like she couldn't, it seemed like she couldn't help but just laugh after saying their name last night when she was listing the women that she's defeated to, to build her, her stat, her legendary stat. See, I noticed a couple of big names that she left off her list, uh, namely Becky Lynch and Bailey. And we know that she and Becky have had their issues. Is that still a thing? Really? You guys haven't sorted this out? Yeah, I, I totally noticed that too. Um, and you know what, if, if she and Becky just are enemies and she's just going to leave Becky off the list, I mean, it feels petty and you can be bigger than that, but I, it's like, it, I don't know. I mean, it was so public and so intense. I, you know, it, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it's a little bit like Brett and Sean. You know, it's like, do you want them taking swipes at each other? Do you want them to be bigger than that? Or is it just almost in a way kind of fun? It's almost it's almost like by not mentioning her, it's a card they can cash in later. <laughs> like yep. Becky can be like, oh, yeah, you listed the people, you know, who, who, who were key part of the women's revolution. Charlotte, you left me off. How petty was that? You know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I made note of it in my report. The the names included were interesting. The names excluded were even more interesting. Um, but the the whole you know divas revolution and who was behind it, it. It's it's like there's so many like rewriting of history and exaggerations and exclusions and it's just like they just changed. I don't know. Anyway, um, it's not even a rant. It's just another topic altogether. Well, here's the thing, right? The current women's division sucks. They're doing a terrible job creatively with this. Yeah. I mean, yes, there's a few stars. Unquestionably, Becky Lynch, Charlotte is what she is. Rhea's on the rise. Ronda is whatever Ronda is. Bianca's a disappointment. She is. Yep. Bailey's a disappointment. Yep. Um, it just creatively. Alexa can't wrestle well. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. I mean, well, you know, she she has had her moments, but. I mean, the body of work lately is not top tier main event. I mean, you got to be able to have a match. That's a concern people have with Bray Wyatt too. Without you know, Bray can do the bells and whistles constantly, and I guess that's one of the reasons Alexa might like this gimmick is she can do be part of bells and whistles. But you know, it's nice when the bell rings if you can actually deliver a match. Right, and yeah, I hope she goes out there and kills it this weekend. But yeah, it's it's been a long time since we've seen Alexa have a just a, a good outing in the ring. She's standing out for the wrong reasons, but. Yeah, I'm surprised that creatively it's been so bad because, I mean, right out of the gate, they bring back uh, EO Sky and Dakota Kai and Paul Levesque was really the, the driving force. I mean, they want to give Stephanie the credit. I get it. But I, I think Levesque was the driving force creatively for the women's evolution and beginning in NXT. And it's just been, you know, you think of uh, Charlotte coming into her own down there, that uh, the great Bailey character. They had so many good things. Uh, yeah. Sasha Banks. There was just so many good things. And since he's taken over, I, I thought, hey, this is going to be great for the women. And it just hasn't been yet. I, it's yeah. really strange that they're, I, I'm not even excited about the women's rumble. I, I can get excited about Rhea potentially winning. And I'm sure it'll be fun while it's taking place. But, man, I just expected this to be different. Thank you for subscribing to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Don't forget, we got a whole lineup of other shows called the PW Torch Daily Casts. It's free. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app. A different show on a different topic throughout the week, including shows dedicated to AEW, NXT, MMA, Ring of Honor, and more. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app or check out links to the latest shows at our main website, pwtorch.com. I am, uh, if, if my t- 
tone and framing of talking about the women's rumble doesn't give it away. You know, I, I'm not I'm not super uh, intrigued with with the person the 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 depth or the possibilities or you know other than Rhea Ripley who's who's been a surprise a pleasant surprise. Um, you know, Shayna Baszler would be a little out of the blue, but I'm I'm still a fan of her. But you know, I don't know what's going on with with Ronda Rousey and Shayna and them linking up and then you know. I just I don't know what the timeline is and and the investment they have in 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 Ronda, but if the idea is we want a fresh opponent for Rousey and we think Shayna can be that, Shayna winning the Rumble and then going on to win the title, one of the titles, could be the impetus for Ronda coming back and then having a money match with them. That doesn't exist unless Shayna is elevates herself in Ronda's absence, and Ronda comes back um, jealous, or Shayna gets a big head, depending on how they want to flip, frame it. I love Shayna. I, I just want them to do something with her, and it's been so long. I, I think it was they said last year she eliminated eight people, and I can't even remember the moment. Whatever, however many she eliminated, I'm sure at that point I'm like, finally they're going to do something with Shayna, and here we are a year later, and it's another year where they didn't do anything with Shayna. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, well, we might as well just round out talking about the Rumble card here. Um, we mentioned Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss. They're battling for the Raw Women's Championship. Is this possibly a time that they take the title off of Belair, put it onto Bliss? And if that's the case, does it make sense? Does it... Does something come to mind that makes sense as a follow-up, either a rematch for Bel Air or somebody else heading into WrestleMania? Or is this no Alexa's not winning? This will probably forward her storyline with you know her her association with Bray or whatever, but Bel Air's gonna keep the belt because the money uh match is in Bel Air being one of the headline represent you know, one of the people representing the main adventures at WrestleMania with, with Yeah, Bray, I, I want Bel Air and Rhea. That's the match that I want to see. Yeah. Uh, and so if Bianca is going to drop the title, it would need to be a quick turnaround. I, I can't say they won't do that because I've been frustrated by that in past years. I don't think Levesque will. Vince kind of fell into that where he started changing titles after the first of the year. And then you had all these fresh champions going into Mania. It's like, why did you do this? I, I don't think they'll make that mistake. And so I do think it forwards the storyline. Maybe she gets DQ'd again, you know, something. But I, I would hope that Bianca retains. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens. Storyline-wise, Roman says, I don't want to see Sammy till Saturday. It, Sammy might not even be in the Rumble. Let's, I mean, I mean, let's stipulate to that possibility, Jason. It, this could be, and like you said, it might be a mistake to put him in the Rumble if he's not going to win, if Cody's going to win. So is Sammy's role at the Rumble being... A, a determining factor in the outcome of, of Roman and KO. And that doesn't mean he helps KO win, but does Sammy make one last-ditch effort to try to help Roman? And I don't know. Like, I, like what, what role could Sammy have in that match? Sammy tries to do right by Roman, and it backfires. Um, Roman still wins, but it was a close call, and now... But see, that's Sammy... Wanting to be in the bloodline, screwing up in the bloodline, rightfully disassociating with him, kicking him out. And I still, even though he'll survive that, I don't think it's the ideal path to him being on his own. Even though it fits his character, at least up until last night, that he would do anything to be part of the group. Even as, and, and fans, 
It's so weird because fans don't like the bloodline. They kind of do, but, you know, they, they boo them. Um, and they think Sammy is better than them and shouldn't be part of that group. But Sammy wants it so bad. He wants it so bad, and the fans like Sammy so much, they want him to do make a choice that's bad for him because he wants it so bad. But you have to be careful with that because it is a little convoluted. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I, I'm very curious to see what they have in mind for this. I would think Sammy does play a part because, you know, Kevin Owens and his friendship and everything else. I I mean, it, it's tough because now they've if they, if they don't want to go to the Sammy is out of the bloodline story just yet, if that's somewhere down the road. Yeah, then he, I, I don't know that he can really screw up. I, I don't know that it can be Sammy. Right screws not that Roman's going to lose but that he comes close to it and Sammy's to blame because at that point why wouldn't Roman say enough is enough I yeah I don't know and damn I mean I like that I'm very curious to see what they do and I I wish I had a really creative idea here but I I don't know what it would be so I'm very curious to see how that unfolds I mean there's no mystery regarding the outcome of the match in my mind but the, the the mystery of what Sammy how Sammy factors in is is very intriguing and then you know Roman did he emphasized multiple times he doesn't want to see him until Saturday so is there something that's going to happen on Friday right yeah I, I just yeah. I'm not sure but that, it, that it, is it did stand key. out that he kept driving that home exactly now is that because Friday show is just going to be sort of like a recap you know here's what's happened and not not a lot of storyline developments just more more of an infomercial and it's not even meant to be read into, or is it a real key point? And maybe Sammy shows up Friday, and that irritates Roman. Right. Um, maybe he's not there, but we get some conversation with Roman and Heyman and, and the Usos that is taking care of family business without Sammy around that also helps cover some of the bases that, that were missed last night. I'd say in the bloodline I trust, if not for what I think was you know a... a, a an imperfect execution of a great segment. Um, let, you know, I'm still there. You know, they got one strike, and that's it. They still, yeah. As long as that next strike isn't too big, I mean, I, I they've done such great work that I think we can we can give them one whiff. I do love this, though. I mean, we can sit here and just be like, you know, what should Sammy's involvement be on Friday, if anything, and then Saturday in the Roman Kale match, and there's all these possibilities, and they're just layering in depth. And I mean, you know, Jason, you and I are fans of, you know, prestige TV, as as it's called. It's not us saying that. Um, and, you know, great TV series and, and the, the character depth. And um, it's nice to have that for us in our job to talk about with this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, it's what I've been saying. The next evolution isn't in going to happen in the ring. Yeah, guys are doing every, and women are doing every move there is to do. What if there were and, more dives, though? Do you think that could <laughs> that could help? Uh, but yeah, the next evolution's in writing, and, yeah. and we're seeing it with the bloodline. Hopefully, it's going to grow, and it's going to spread, and we're going to see more of that creativity throughout the business and throughout the overall shows, and it's not just going to be, uh, oh, man, remember how good that bloodline thing was? And then everything went back to normal. Uh, people, I mean, we'll, we'll see whatever Bray's doing. Uh, I, I still am holding out hope that it's all going to make sense and, and it's going to be fun. But I, I really do hope that it does lead to just stronger creative. And and it may be too much to ask for every feud of all five hours to suddenly in WWE get that type of uh, attention to detail. But there's no reason it can't spread a little bit. Come on, guys. 
One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. Let's shift to uh, Bray Wyatt and LA Knight on, on the Rumble lineup in the pitch black match. Um, this, is, this is what I'm hoping. Hoping the lights go out and Bray Wyatt brings a lantern to the ring. And then he blows the lantern out. And then the bell rings. And then there's some noise. No one can see what's happening. And 12 seconds later, the bell rings again. And the lights come on. And LA Knight is on his back. And Bray Wyatt's nowhere to be seen. And that's it. I'm Ooh, being, there's going to be some pitch. Oh, I'm, I'm being facetious, but like <laughs> the pitch black match, if it literally is pitch black and you can't see what happens, <laughs> I just, I would just laugh. Like the concept of a match called pitch black. Let's set aside the soda sponsorship because that's just silly and doesn't really matter. Um, well, it annoys me. It's like, come on, the Bray Wyatt character is going to be in a, a match endorsed by a soda, by anything? Like, stop. Uh, yes, yes. So I, I am with you on that. Um, so it does matter in that sense, but I don't think it matters in terms of the match execution. But I would get a kick out of the out of it if it's just like, well, it's just up to your imagination. It's like you know the lights out match if they just <laughs> turn the lights out out completely. So I don't know. I mean, the idea is we don't know what it's going to be, but there's a track record with Bray. There's you know cinematic special effects elements that some people are into. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm on I'm on board for the ride, but I, I reserve the right to think it was really dumb by the time we're done with it. They're not. I'm a little scared. I mean, and maybe it's just their trend to temper expectation for this. But they're not like you won't believe what you're going to see with it. You know, there's not yeah. that. Yeah. It, it. I mean, this could be as simple as both guys get in the ring and put blindfolds on for all we know. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um. Or they each have a lantern. That's the only way you can see what they're doing. So we'll just see. I don't really have a lot to say about it. Although I thought LA Knight had a good night last night. You know, being able to share the ring with Undertaker and Bray for that. Uh, you know, for that moment yeah. of uh, two similar characters, even if we got the biker ta- biker taker instead of, um, you know, dead man. But, you know, I think there's a variety of reasons for that, and, and I'm fine with it, even if— Number one, I can give you a good one. Yeah. The new stage setup. I, I don't think the Raw and SmackDown stage is going to, like, be great for Undertaker's entrance. It's just—it's it, not the same. Yeah, but there's that gigantic screen. Like— you can create this whole augmented reality with him with the technology that's just different. The traditional Undertaker entrance, yes, but I'd be intrigued with what that graphics production team would do with that gigantic backdrop. That intrigues yeah. me. Um, but you know, I think under I think Mark Calloway thinks Undertaker retired. You know, I think he he thought you know it's like Ric Flair had his last match and then he had another match and it's like oh, really like I think right. my my hunch is Calloway was just like I no dead man retired. You know, I've gone out there and put myself out there as Mark Calloway. The biker gimmick was who I am. I'll come back for that. I could imagine him, you know, taking that stand. And I would I would be on his side for that, even if it's, you know, not what the fans at Raw 30 wanted to see as much. And, hey, there were a lot of people on social media asking for the return of the American badass at one point. So they got their wish. Uh, but, yeah, it's 
as long as he doesn't think the American badass has another match in him. Just, just come on, no more. The fact that he wouldn't choke slam LA Knight means he knows he doesn't have another match in him. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, that was a cool moment, too. That was a, you know, LA Knight was the torch that was passed it was. over to Bray Wyatt. Totally. Yep. Yeah, it's cool. Now, pressure's on Bray. Get yourself in shape and let's have a good match and let's make sure your promos make sense and your storylines make sense. And yeah, not, not that Undertaker storylines always made sense, but um, yeah. By the way, I am really hopeful that it it's not just, well, you know, L.A. Knight happens to be feuding with with Bray. This is about Bray and Taker, and he just happened to be there. L.A. Knight's doing some great work. The first time I saw L.A. Knight, I was like, someday he's going to be doing what he's doing right now for WWE. Wow. You know, in the sense of he's a loudmouth who they can utilize as a, as a you know, upper mid-card loudmouth heel. And he's he's just perfect for it. And, and I, yeah. I think my first exposure to him was in Impact. He came in... I want it was a part of Drew McIntyre's crew, maybe somebody's crew. Yeah. And I, I, it didn't, he didn't jump off the page of me immediately, but I do remember asking somebody in impact a few weeks in like, what's up with that guy? He could talk. So he did. It, it took a little bit, but he did stand out. Yeah. Yep. And you know, I mean, uh, who was it that said he's like Miz except without some, Oh, he's on, he's like Miz, but he's like a Miz who, who lists weights or Miz with muscles. Um, somebody said that last week on, what was the context of that? How can I not remember? Oh, I, I remember the line too, and I can't think of it. Yeah. But that's kind of what he is. You know, he's, he's going to pick up. I don't, I, I mean, I guess maybe there's, maybe Miz and, and LA Knight have a feud, you know, at some point. They probably should. Um, I don't know who would be the baby face there, but yeah, LA Knight's a guy who can host the talk show segment and, and wrestle, but not be a main eventer. And, um, uh, I think he's he's proving Vince McMahon wrong, <laughs> um, you know that that he he had a that he could be better utilized than um, the maximum male models, but you know Vince turned the very talented Terry Taylor into a rooster, and he turned Rick Martel into a model. Although you know Rick wasn't necessarily in his prime anymore, but um, he's done some gimmicky things over the years with people who came in with a resume that suggested they'd do something different, and I think that was you know what he had in mind for LA Knight, but LA Knight spoke up and didn't like it. And Levesque agreed with LA Knight. And so far Vince hasn't changed that. Yeah. I, I, and he's, I, I give LA Knight a lot of credit in that it, when you first see him, I think most people hear the rock in there and he, he's, he, there's still rock qualities, but it doesn't feel like a ripoff. And I think at one time his promo style did feel a little too like The Rock. He feels like his own man now. And Rock was a very successful version of the bombastic, loudmouth, gifted talker wrestler. But that pre-existed that Rock, you know, superstar Billy Graham and Dusty Rhodes mm-hmm. um, were bombastic, self-aggrandizing talkers. And so in a sense, like... Like, Ricky Starks can pose and not be a rock derivative copycat. And Ellie Knight can have a really good gift to gab and not just be a rock derivative. Like, it, it's almost, like, unfair to everybody who follows somebody to say, oh, just because they're doing something that Rock did at a high profile, they're copying him. Because he was, Rock was a copy of others, a blend of others, but a copy also. I think Ellie Knight maybe reminds me more of Jesse the Body Ventura. I can see some of that, Jesse Ventura and L.A. Knight. It, 
I, I think for me, some of it was the, the cadence that stood out as, as rock-like. But, yeah, there's I, I can definitely see a little bit of Jesse. I think Jesse was just a better free-flowing t- – I, I, well, I shouldn't say that because I've seen L.A. Knight – in his Eli Drake days, go on the NWA set and deliver what seemed to be more stream of consciousness. I was going to say Jesse was better, just kind of free-flowing. But and yeah, by the way, I, so I, people know we're talking about AWA Jesse Ventura, not right. color commentator WWF Jesse, because Jason and I both saw Jesse in his prime as a wrestler, as a heel opponent for Hulk Hogan, and a, a great heel tag team with Adrian Adonis. Yes, yeah, and and Masa Saido as well, or Mr. Saido That's as he was right. known in yes. uh, the AWA. Yep, yep. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. All right, Jason, uh, moving on, I want to talk a little bit more about Raw 30 last night and some of the decisions uh, that were made in terms of what made air and what didn't. The Bailey-Becky cage match, they were advertising this as one of the top reasons to tune in on, on their Twitter feed, on their website, you know, leading into the show. They, they hyped it at the top of the show, you know, this is the first time in 19 years, historically significant. And then they run short on time and they cut that instead of Charlotte versus Sonya or the, the other things. <laughs> like I could list a few other things they could have cut. Um, I know they were they were in a, a difficult position because you know if you have a cage match that only lasts four minutes and and somebody loses it's you're kind of playing a card that you can save for later they can do a make good on it. Um, I, I'm not saying it was an easy decision, but aren't they supposed to be good at this? Isn't this like was Bruce Pritchard off this week or something and had somebody who's or not Billy Kidman? Isn't he the one who usually times these things out? Or yeah. I, yeah, I guess I don't know who's doing it these days, but yeah. It is, and, and, and watching the segment, I mean, they had the the video evidence and things, and so I, I guess I'm just not sure how they screwed this up. We, you, it didn't seem like they were rambling, like there was a lot of things that were done on the fly. But I, I don't maybe maybe there, there must have been. I, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. So what what do you think about how they handled it? It's not what I would have cut. Um, it, yeah, it's. I mean, you advertise a cage match, and it, the cage doesn't mean what it once did, but it still feels like, well, if you advertise that, you should go with it. Or, at the very least, if you're running long, you do the angle, you make it clear that you're not doing it, and that you're going to run it back next week. And they didn't do any of it. It's just the, the yeah. beatdown occurred. And then I'm left wondering, like, okay, are they just pushing this back to later in the night? I had no idea what was happening. Yeah, I I mean, it's it, with the benefit of hindsight, I know they had, you know, they wanted to have Ric Flair out there, and I, I get that, but I, I didn't really need Charlotte's promo about nothing, about her greatness. It, we, we've heard it all before. It didn't, it didn't feel special that the Queen crossed over from SmackDown to be on Raw. It just, I could have done without that and the Bianca and the counterproductive Bianca and Sonya Deville match. You want me to care about Charlotte and Sonya? Why is Sonya just 
quick fodder for Bianca. I'm not saying she should have won. I'm saying that I do the match in the first place. Well, and it when you give up a Bailey uh, uh, Becky match to have a crowd dead for a match uh, that nobody's eager to see, I just. I don't get it. I know they want to have certain anchor segments at the top of each hour and, you know, that could have screwed things up and whatever, you know, it would have been hard to wedge it in on the fly. I'm not saying logistically it wasn't, you know, didn't didn't have some issues they had to deal with that we might not be as sympathetic to. Um, But still, (laughs) um, it, it didn't it didn't come across. It did not come across well. No, I was like, is, is there an injury or something? And they had to go with this as a fallback. It just seemed really weird. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I hope I hope they just do a make good on that. Um, you know, one of the next couple of weeks on, on Raw, and it can be a ratings draw once again. The, um, the, the use of the Legends last night, I largely liked um, because they, one, I, I'm normally like, a top 1% critic of, of Zany DX. I actually liked last night's segment. Yeah. I Paul Levesque playing a guy who's not acting like he's still the toughest badass who just hap, who just has decided not to kick everyone's ass, but instead is backing down from, from Gunther, put Gunther over. And I enjoyed the chemistry. It felt like genuine chemistry with Road Dog and Waltman and, and Triple H and Michaels. And I thought Kurt being this guy who just sort of trailed behind, I, I thought he was just legitimately confused. I just thought like they were gonna like someone's gonna you run, know he wasn't <laughs> someone's just gonna run out and go Kurt, it's not your time yet. And he's like oh sorry, and he'd scurry to the back and it'd be a story to tell for years because um, the announcers weren't really acknowledging him either. I you know Kevin Patrick's like am I seeing things and I don't know what he was referring to, but maybe it was Kurt Angle or maybe it was augmented reality graphics for DX. I don't know what he was talking about, but I thought that was fun. Um, you know, huddling up and then volunteering Kurt, and then Kurt going, "Not me," and then, um, and then Kurt, you know, being excluded from the referee discussion, but really try to push his way in, and then become. I don't. I I thought it it made sense. I didn't think it overstated its welcome. I think it would have a minute and a half later. Um, but I, to me, I thought that worked for this stage of DX. Now, is it kind of sad having the edgy badass DX become that? Well, yeah, but the ship sailed on that long ago. Um, Shawn Michaels hasn't been even remotely cool for, you know, 15 years. So, and he was really cool in the 90s. Well, yeah, he was, he was cool in the 90s. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. So, I like that. I like uh, Hulk Hogan was, as usual, completely self-centered and oblivious and vacuous. Yeah. Um, but it was short, and they got him out there quick, and then he was gone. And I'm really glad that... Uh, that no, I should. I, was, I made the I made the joke on the post show last night that his mic went out because there was a black guy in charge of audio last night. But um, <laughs> but you know it, it was revenge. But um, Hogan honestly, Hogan was a pro. He's dealt with you know he's been for all the things that I'm critical of him for some serious and some not as serious uh, issues. He's a pro who, if the mic isn't working, isn't going to completely just disintegrate in front of our very eyes. You know he's not going to have a meltdown or lose his place. He's going to work his way through it, and he did. Um, and so I, I thought that he handled that well. But he said nothing. Like, 30 years of Raw, and you can't come up with some semblance of being the leader and the alpha of this of this industry at one time, who has, like, a, a, a genuine thought about this anniversary and what it means. I know he wasn't a big part of it, and that's part, you know, because Hogan is so self-centered um, and such a self-promoter. And Raw was not built on him. You know, he was more a Nitro guy, frankly. And right. Raw was more a Bret Hart thing. But... 
still, can't he be sort of that reflective ambassador just once and and just go, you know, it's been 30 years of Raw and this, in, you know, Raw changed the industry. It changed the way that we presented professional wrestling. Um, it, it, it brought live wrestling back into prime time. And and it it like, I don't know. I mean, it's just he'd never say it, but not even Hulkamania or the NWO could bring it down. Yeah. Yeah. Even that would have been like so much, so much more refreshing than just that vacuous platitude emptiness that there's just one just a couple catchphrases and that's it it's just it's this empty vessel of catchphrases and it and again it's it's like sort of enough to please people oh it's that's hulk hogan he still kind of looks the part i mean he's covering himself up a little bit more every time we see him you know pretty soon they're just going to be you know fingers sticking out of some (laughs) bodysuit because it's you know arms are going to be covered up too uh, but is you know he's wearing sunglasses and the boa and and and, and a head and a, a headscarf and um yeah there's very little we're seeing less and less we're seeing of him each time but at least they kept it short and and i can't say i'm surprised that it was just vacuous catchphrases and platitudes from him but i i, I still am holding out hope he, he like rises above that and i just don't think it's he's hardwired or capable of it but it was fine um and rick flair was fine i mean i know you know do we want to hear a dad gush about his daughter? Um, no, but I mean, I, I honestly was was fine with that. Um, yeah, but again, it wasn't. If it were for celebrating Raw thirty, I, I guess my criticism is don't have Rick come out there and just put over Charlotte. Talk about the match with Kurt Henning and what a big you know what a big moment that was in the early Raw years. Again, have these legends be sort of reflective and show a cognizance of their of their place in history and and what raw meant to their careers or the industry that they're part of we didn't get that but at least rick put over somebody who's a current wrestler dx put over gunther um kurt angle was part of a mix that elevated current or you know augmented and added to a match with current wrestlers uh undertaker helped elevate bray wyatt with a special moment and share the ring with L.A. Knight, who got a rub. So this one, the, the legends weren't demeaned, like often happens with Vince, has happened with Vince in control. And they didn't just put themselves over. They were there to put other people over, other than Hulk Hogan, just sort of as the vacuous MC at the beginning. So that was enough for me to give a thumbs up to the use of the legends. And I thought the poker games were were fun. Um, you know, DBS- I'm so over it. I, I, I never need to see another Legends poker game at Raw. I, enough. Can you come up with something fresh? <laughs> well, but the thing is, is that's what the Legends did backstage. Like, if all of a sudden they're throwing darts or playing pool, that's not true to their history. So I, I, I know what you're saying, and it's sort of the go-to thing, but it's sort of like a wrestling ring is in front of the fans and guys playing poker is what happened behind the scenes. So it's either that or they have a food fight and catering. So I'll take, I'll take poker. And I thought having IRS collect all of, you know, Corbin's winnings or JBL's winnings, whoever it was, was was obvious but but fun and and harmless and brief. I'm waiting for IRS to be renamed SEC if Vince gets uh, in more trouble. <laughs> Support us on Patreon starting at four dollars and ninety nine cents. Get these shows ad free and bonus VIP content. That's four dollars and ninety nine cents on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. 
Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PW Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise! So I talked about what I thought of the legends a lot there, Jason. Um, do you agree, disagree? What, what, what were your What are your thoughts? No, I do. I agree with, with what you said about the legends largely being there to put over today's talent. I think that's great. That's that's how it should be. I, but yeah, I am just. I, I don't need to see poker backstage on Raw at all. Uh, with legends, with uh, Baron Corbin, any of it. Come up with something different for these people to do. I, I don't care if that's what they were doing backstage. I just don't. It, it's we've been there, we've done it. And it's like this is still happening. You're just going to keep going back to this just to cram people into the show. I, I just say, if you don't have something better for these people to do than make quick cameos playing poker, then don't bother having them on the show. I, I really feel that way. Let the legends yeah. you have stand out. And I, one other thing, you don't need to advertise every legend. I, I know you're you're trying to drive up the ratings and everything, but would have been, to me, a bigger surprise had Undertaker just uh, come out, out unadvertised. And that would have been felt like an even bigger deal than it was. And instead, you know, the end of the show with Brock Lesnar is kind of like, okay, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was it, – it's nice to see the legends get a payday and all that. But uh, some of them that were in the backstage area, I just wish that there was something a little more – a little more thought put in. Like, how do we freshen this concept up? Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. Um the, the DX segment, I, I think you kind of uh, ign- nodded along uh, verbally while I was, yes. was talking, but uh, elaborate a little bit more on that. It was fun. Yeah, I, I thought that the, the humor there worked. It wasn't all about them being the coolest guys. It was kind of, I, I think they're reaching a place that Shawn Michaels has been at in, for years now, maybe even prematurely with Shawn, that, okay, yeah, we're, we're the dads now. And we're not going to be the guys that stand up to the mighty Gunther, uh, including Triple H. All of that said, as I mentioned my hit list today, I, I wasn't expecting it. I'm not surprised by it. But if anyone was going to, I wouldn't have minded seeing Sean Waltman, who is still semi-active, actually stand up to him and, and have it lead to something. It didn't have to be Gunther. I don't know if that's the match I would put Sean in. But I would like to see X-Pac get one more WWE match, if possible. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, Sean could have been, uh, Waltman could have been self-deprecating and said, uh, stepped up to Gunther and said, I got one. Unlike these guys, I got one more match in me. And then he pivots and goes, Giovanni, I want you. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, the uh, Brock Lesnar appearance. You said it would be nice if Undertaker was a surprise. Uh, they didn't advertise Brock, right? 
No, yeah. no. Because he's not a legend. To... He's not a legend. He's a current it, part-time. Yeah, and it just didn't feel like the big grand finale of the, the 30th anniversary no. show. It just was, oh, no, you know, Brock coming. When we were there, we, we went to the show yeah. that had Roman Reigns and Matt Riddle. Yeah. I didn't expect Brock, and it was cool. It was fun. There's other times where you kind of have that. Not that I was sitting there expecting him last night, but when his music hit, I was like, oh, okay. We've just seen it too many times for it to feel like this big moment at the end of a milestone show. I totally agree. And and also, I, I don't think the fans, we talked to a couple on-site correspondents on the post show last night. I, I don't, and by the way, when I refer to post show, if some of you subscribe to this, the Blue Logo Show, this is Wake Color Podcast, the Wake Color post shows are also free. They're available. It's the same logo, but it's red instead of blue. Just search Wade Keller, hit subscribe, and you can hear our Raw Donovan Inspect on post shows and also get some flashbacks in the mix. Um, on the post show, we talked to a couple of outside correspondents, and the, it, it didn't sound like the crowd like like turned on Lesnar, but it didn't, no. it didn't sound like they loved that Lesnar was costing Lashley his chance to end the Austin Theory U.S. title reign. And I don't know. I mean, when Lashley said, I already took care of Brock, and I'm going to take care of Theory, I, my antenna went up. Like, okay, I didn't think necessarily a run in tonight, but I was like, okay, they're setting up a rematch with Lashley and Brock, which to me is indicative of Austin not agreeing even for the ton, ton of money that they supposedly laid out in front of him that that he's going to be taking on brock which i can you know understand brock brock is very sure of like people think brock could be awful to work with but like he's such a good athlete he really takes care of his opponents it's it's the you know the old broken down guys or the ones who want to be flashy at the expense of safety that that if you're austin you're more worried about but to me this sort of indicates Lesnar, Lashley, they want to go back to, and maybe that's they're going to do it at WrestleMania, and this is the beginning of that. But I want a good reason to either cheer or boo Lashley and cheer or boo Lesnar, and I am so ambivalent right now about both of their characters. La- you know, Lashley standing up to MVP, I'm sort of on his side, but he's not real dynamic. But then you have smiling Lesnar, slapping hands and coming out. And uh, how, am I, how am I supposed to feel? This is like the Cowboys and the Giants battling. I, I just want them to both self-destruct. <laughs> I don't want. I want them to tie and both be eliminated from the playoffs if they play each other um and they're not like my two most hated teams but it's just an example of a couple teams that you know i don't have positive vibes for they're not my hometown team and when they play each other i'm like yeah i mean there's some star power and the nfl is always fun to watch usually well usually fun to watch um but i don't care who wins and that's kind of how i'm with lashley and lesnar now like so it yeah i just I don't like the booking of stars without a storyline that gets me emotionally invested in either thinking the stakes are high or wanting to see someone win. And the stakes don't feel very high on this either. I'm with you. I still I, I look forward to them working together because I think they'll they'll have put together a good match. But from a storytelling standpoint, no, it, it is a mess. The last time they did something where it was Lashley who came off looking like a heel, I think we all spent like the next two, three weeks assuming he was a heel and then, oh, wait, he's slapping hands again. I guess that wasn't a heel turn. He's a baby fish. It was, that was even more confusing. Yeah. And, well, and I did yeah. not like what this did to Austin Theory. I, it just was a step back. Like, okay, he's back into the pest mode who yeah. wins in a really fluky manner. And, and they worked really hard to change that. And it's not like it's going to define him. You, you, can, you can make this work still. But they can't be doing things like that on a regular basis where he just is the fluky champion or otherwise all the work you've done, you're just going to turn him right back into a pest heel. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. When you talk about 
wrestlers being elevated based on what they did at Raw 30. This was sort of like, yeah, you might have been paying attention and thinking Austin Theory is a big deal, but uh, Brock's here to Bigfoot him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've, we've got the ratings in for Raw, and I'm just blown away at this at the, the numbers that they drew, Jason. This is, I like, we're talking um, off air about it. And I was like, these are too high to even be believable. Right. Um, but it's true. I mean, they, they, the first hour of Raw did a similar number to what the heavily hyped John Cena tag match did on Fox. 2.635 million people. That's insane for Raw to draw that. How did, I mean, and I understand it's the first week without football. Um, college or pro, playoffs or regular season, you know. And, and so we expected and anticipated a bump, but that's 1.1 million more people almost than watched the first hour last week. That's a massive, gigantic leap. Um, well, but last week's was way down because of football, that being a playoff game. That is true. It, it, it is Context matters, but it was, but it is also factually true. One point one million million more people tuned in. But if we go back right. to two weeks, it was one point seven six million. College um, football national championship. <laughs> yes, well, that's the thing. It's it's still a big leap. Okay, December nineteenth, one point seven eight million. Regular Monday night football. Nine hundred, almost nine hundred thousand more people watched. Wow. Um, uh, if we go back to December fifth, again, one point seven four eight million compared to two point six three five million. 900,000 roughly more people watched. That's a, like, massively above what I would have believed um, uh, th- that that they could do in terms of, you know, the term popping a rating. Um, August 24th, 1.76 million people watched the first hour. So they've been doing around 1.7 something consistently. Uh, well, not consistently, with, with some variation, but that's the typical average number. That's huge, Jason. And it dropped off to 2.3 million and 2.0 million, but they had three hours that did above 2 million. Now, I remember talking to James Caldwell a dozen years ago going, what's going to happen when Raw finally dips below 3 million? So, I mean, we're, we're you know, very much in a different zone right now. But, sure. but you know, even, even with the numbers they're drawing, like that are so below historical numbers, Raw and SmackDown and Dynamite are still demographically and grand total viewership near the top of cable ratings except for NFL games and some NBA games or college, you know, whatever. I mean, there's some some sports that beat them, but there's like almost nothing else on cable that's drawing what this, what Raw did even last week. And they added a mi- over a million people on top of that this week. So I don't know. I'm just, I, I that's just, it's impressive. And did, I guess part of it is your reaction to that number. And then, oh, and then the demo, because I know a lot of people just, you know, really focus on the demo. Um, 18 to 49 rating, they did a 0. 0.80, 0. 0.69, and 0. 0.60 in those three hours. Um, I'll just, I have in front of me the October 24th number. It was against Monday Night Football. I don't think a remarkable day otherwise for them. And that same demo that was 0. 0.80 was 0. 0.44 in the uh, in the first hour back wow. on, uh, or I'm sorry, that was the average for the whole show, 0. 0.44. And the average for the whole show here is about 0. 0.70. So again, huge jump. Maybe I can give you a quick assignment while, while I, I kind of react to these. Can you look up what they did at this time last year when football competition concluded? I, I just don't have access to it in, in a quick. I can't grab it in a quick fashion. But I mean, great numbers for them. No, no question. They have to be. I mean, this is like start popping some champagne corks at uh, in Stanford today. I, I think that 
if there's anyone who will be taking credit for it, clearly, it's uh, the guy who can say that he was on last week's highly rated NFL playoff game and open this week's Raw. This is all Hulk Hogan's doing. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Also, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. This show, the podcasts, have our blue logo. The Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows have our red logo. Just search Wade Keller and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Pro Wrestling Podcasts and click subscribe to the red logo, and you can download our Raw, SmackDown, AEW, and sometimes NXT post shows. I'm joined by a co-host to add a different perspective to the analysis for the show, where we talk to live callers, on-site correspondents who are in the building who tell us what did not air on TV, and we also answer mailbag questions. Those shows are available for download within a few hours after the show's end on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights. So there's a fast turnaround to get your fix. So check it out. That's the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Just search Wade Keller. You can also stream the show live at wadekellerpostshow.com about five minutes after the show's end on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night. Uh, by the way, I don't know where Kevin Nash stands with Paul Levesque and all that, but he's been through a lot lately yeah. with his son. And... I know he wasn't part of DX, but he was part of the NWO. And he also was Diesel. When we talk about early stars of Raw, more than Hulk Hogan and really more than Ric Flair, you got Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Yokozuna, Diesel, Razor Ramon. Diesel was available. They could have, maybe they reached out. He just said he wasn't up for it. You know, and I don't know. I don't know. But sure. he, I, I would have liked to have, have had him be asked and be up for putting a video together or showing up. Um, and I, I well, again, he was asked. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a shame if not. Yeah. So I, I I'm just more saying that out loud. Cause I want to try to find out. <laughs> um, I might ask Kevin directly. Uh, but I, I just, in a generic sense, he was a big part of raw and he jumped out to me when you look at representing the nineties, like somebody, somebody called out the post show last night. It's like, I want a Brutus beefcake to be on the show. Cause when I was <laughs> I a kid, that. yeah, it was, it's great. And I, you know, poked fun at him for it a little bit. Cause we all have our favorites, you know, when we first start watching wrestling who aren't historically significant figures. Um, and you know, he's been a controversial figure for a variety of reasons too, you know, with, with fallings out with Hogan and books and whatever things he said, but, um, He's not a top-tier guy, but Kevin Nash was. You know, he was part of that new generation campaign, and I think when you're doing a 30-year tribute to Raw and you want to represent the 90s, like, Bret Hart and Diesel are two people I want to be at that show. Have you heard why Bret wasn't there, by the way? I have not. The only one that I saw was, uh, in addition to the Bellas, was uh, Mick Foley saying that he was invited and that he's uh, just couldn't make it. He had he's been traveling for some project that he's working on, and it just would have been too much. Another day on the road would have taken him away from his family when he just didn't have time. Okay. Yep. Um. Yeah. So uh, you asked for the for the number a year ago. Yeah. Um, so the uh, let me bring up the viewership. So last year, the average viewership number in december and they were not on christmas or christmas eve was uh for the first hour is one point one point six two zero million and the january numbers were 1.8 1.7 1.7 1.8 and then january 31st 2.0 
or rounds to 2.1. So it wasn't like just this big change unless January 3rd was the first day without football. But I would think the college championship would have been January 3rd, right? I believe so. Or even the last Monday night football. December. So I know there was an NFL playoff game last year on a Monday night as well. So they did have both the college football national championship and a playoff game. So so I, the, the the short answer is, I'll just, because I don't want to make the sausage on the podcast here, you know, in yeah. terms of uh, getting too, too, too granular. But they, they drew 1.6, around 1.6 million on average in all of December. And they did 1.8, 1.7, 1.7, and 1.8, and then 2.1 the five Mondays in January, nothing even close to 2.6 plus million in a first hour. So this was a massively different jump than what they experienced a year ago. Yeah. Good for them. And, yeah. you know, hopefully it's another sign to uh, Vince McMahon that you're not needed in creative. <laughs> yes, really. Yeah. So Razor Ramon and Yokozuna weren't able to be there because they're dead. Don't mean to sound crass. I'm just Actually speaking, they weren't available. Um, but uh, Bret Hart not being there, Diesel, Kevin Nash not being there, kind of jump out to me as some key people from the early years who weren't there. And um, but I don't, you know, we, we know about Mick Foley's logistics, but I, I'm not sure about Bret. Yeah, I, I know off the top of my head, I can't say. I'm sure there's somebody if I started looking back on those early Raw lineups, but um, off the top of my head, I think those are some key ones that were missing. I mean, they did, to their credit, they did show. In the video, um, uh, X-Pac pinning, or at the time, one, two, three, kid, I believe it was, right. was pinning yes. uh, Razor. So that was cool. Um, gosh, I'm sure there's somebody that I'm just not thinking of. But hmm. while we're chatting, yeah. I will uh, look back on some of those early raw results if I can find them and see if uh, there's somebody that jumps out. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so... Trying to think, anything else from Raw 30, Jason? Jump out before we we uh, turn the page. Oh, I think we've covered it. I, I, I don't think there's anything that we really should have talked about. I think we've kind of covered the big stuff. And, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that we emphasized enough that Bianca and Alexa was, or the uh, Bianca and... Sonya matches played to a really flat crowd that was otherwise really hot. And uh, Bianca just, something's missing. And I, I don't know if it's her needing to just loosen up. If it's she's being coached to do this repetitive in-ring style and stick to some bad script. But something's really missing there. I just, I couldn't like twice in the same match. She did the ass slap spot. Like, please don't. I can't believe anybody watches her, including herself, watching herself back and going, yeah, this is how a woman in her 30s should be acting. I mean, she's, she's acting she, like She's a, so talented. I, I, I just don't get it. That's the thing. It, it's like I wouldn't criticize her if I felt this is the best that she could do and it's the only thing that she could Like, if she were just a real person, she'd be such a bigger star than if she's yeah. skipping and dancing and smiling and slapping her ass and twirling her ponytail on her way to the ring like a 12-year-old girl. Uh, yeah, it just it just it seems so unbecoming and so beneath who she actually is. And I thought Levesque would have eased her out of that, and I do not get it. I mean, yeah, it just it does it it feels like a parody of something in pro wrestling, not a serious presentation of a top act. And I'm I'm yeah, it's it's a bummer. 
looking through some of those raw the early I, nothing's really jumping out i mean jim duggan is a guy that they've brought in for past appearances and I, I, I mean, he worked an early Raw that I'm looking at, but I don't really associate him with Raw necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's look at AEW for a moment, Jason. Um, they they are they still exist, and we have in Royal Rumble week. Um, it's understandable that they wouldn't be at the top of our. Uh, of our agenda on the weekly flagship, and we haven't talked for three weeks here on the show. So, um, you know, plenty, there's plenty of material for us to talk about, but I'm not sure there's like a single top thing that is the talking point in AEW right now. Is that a. Well, there, there's one, yeah. and that's, you know, Mark Briscoe um, wrestling on Tomorrow Night Show. That, uh, yes. It'll be, you know, eight days after his brother's passing, and it'll actually fall on what would have been Jay's 39th birthday. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's Absolutely. the obvious one. But I know what you're saying just overall with AEW. It's been kind of quiet. Yeah, and yeah, I really was kind of saying, you know, what over the last few weeks of TV since we last talked is the key AEW storyline. Because certainly the news that Mark Briscoe is going to appear in Wrestle, it's going to be an... Um, I, yes, I mean, we should talk about that first, not not the lack of, of, of A topics otherwise from last week. Because... Mark Briscoe wrestling is going to be an incredibly emotional moment for so yes. many people in the crowd, um, in the locker room, in the ring, in the announce booth, watching at home. Um, good for Tony Khan. Good for you know Warner Brothers uh, for you know allowing it to happen, letting it happen. Um, yeah, it's going to be. Uh, I mean, it's. it's I don't know. I mean, I don't want to. I, I I don't even know how to frame it. Like, it's just it, it's so tragic what happened with Jay, and it it's amazing. And you and I were talking off the air about this. How you just not when everybody dies, like oh, there's there's sadness and people say nice things. With Jay, it feels at, like next level. How adored and well liked and respected he was, and it's so in contrast to that one moment on Twitter. Yeah. That that defined how a lot of people looked at him and thought of him as a person. And, uh, you know, no one's no one should be defined by their worst moment or their best moment. Um, but you can define someone how they react to their worst moment. And and Jay doesn't get an A score for that, but he doesn't get a fail, failing grade either in terms of how he, he reacted to that, explained it, and evolved. And you have people in the LGBTQ community in pro wrestling who love this guy and will will defend him as someone who who changed and made a mistake and they're good with him um and i think that's worth saying but even separate from that just the the the, the like the the local i watched the local news reports on the guy and like his involvement in the community and the fact that they canceled school the day the next day um i, I learned a lot about jay this week and you know i just came away even like mo even more sad yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that, like, you learn so much about him afterwards. Uh, so anyway, yeah, you're, what, are, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, well, you said just uh, the, the, the just hearing people talk from his community, the, the updates said that uh, I believe his name is Josh Wharton is doing and just hearing some of that and just seeing how uh, it, it's, you know, it's not their first rodeo with this. He runs a nonprofit, but still just how upbeat they are. And the message today, that, or I guess late last night, that, you know, Mark had been incredibly upbeat and I think even described him as chipper. 
uh, because of his belief that he'll see his brother again and their faith. And um, that's just really cool to see. I mean, it, as much as, and we'll see how Mark handles this. You know, it's uh, amazing that he's doing this. And I, you know, I, I believe everything that, that Mr. Wharton had to say about Mark and his belief that he's going to see his brother again, and that's comforting him. Uh, it's still, I mean, all of a sudden you get there, you're, you're just going to be, I would think, bombarded by people with well wishes and, and friends, and hopefully he's going to hold up well. And, uh, and, and it's going to be a positive moment for him. And, and I think the the fans in attendance and the fans at home, if nothing else, are going to be willing him to make this a positive moment. But yeah, with Jay, I mean, it's just so tragic. And and uh, and, and I have so much respect for the family uh, coming out, issuing the statement, asking for support for the driver of the other car, uh, their this woman's family, uh, because she left behind, I believe, two daughters as well. And it'd be so easy for them to be angry with that driver. Uh, and instead, it's, you know, they're they're pleading with people uh, not to be rude to them and also to donate to them wow. to help them out. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, the, the, the Pew family has been so impressive through all of this. That's yeah, that is just amazing. Um, so 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 big of them and thoughtful. And yeah, I'm not even sure what what adjective, you know, a, a generous um magnanimous yeah the of of that family to 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 reach out to that family and 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 you know defend them and 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 include them um at a time when the feelings could be so different um anything d- jump out about jay most of all that that you learned over this past week that you like for people who weren't as as immersed in necessarily reading and and watching uh you know testimonials about him cuz not everybody's you know i mean i was just going through um, you know, AW's Twitter feed, and a- again, just you know, like seeing who else tweeted and 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 commented on him, and it was just such a broad, eclectic mix of people who's who felt like they knew him and liked him, and 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 had went out of their way to say not generic nice things, but really specific nice things about him. Right. Yeah, and I never had the pleasure, so I, I wish I, I wish I could tell you that I had uh, experience with Jay Briscoe, certainly seen his matches, but just. Never had the pleasure of, of meeting either brother, but I would say the thing that I don't know if it surprised me, maybe to the to the degree of how many people were saying that he put the work in to learn from you know the, the, the what he wrote on social media and that he did change and that you know it wasn't something that he flaunted publicly that that he was putting this work in he just did it and and he was it just you know it, it's sad that some people just can't get over that that he issued those uh, those tweets and it, it's still something i mean i've seen negative comments on my site about jay despite you know the, the fact that uh he's no longer with us and i just i shake my head at it going you, you know you dislike those tweets because they were filled with hate and now i feel like you're guilty of doing the same thing uh you're, you're hating someone because of a mistake they made and i would be a little more understanding if it was somebody that just didn't put the work in didn't learn a lesson from it didn't try to change. But in this case, so many people saying that he did, I'm at the point with these people where I'm just like, shame on you. Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free 
PW Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course, the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Socek. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the Daily Cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast app and of course you can listen ad free with a pw torch vip membership so uh, back to aew and current storylines what 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 do you what stands out to you right now? I mean, we had the best of seven series with the Bucks and Kenny. They won. Um, you know, we've got uh, MJF still as as the centerpiece world champion star. Uh, Daniel Bryan as a challenger. Um, the the women's angle last week, like last week's Dynamite, was sort of like there was it, it wasn't a real angle heavy show. Um, it was a bit of a uh, come down. Uh, a little bit from from some you know more packed shows, so it is just kind of a you know a, an off. I don't know what to say about it, but not not a, a high, highly controversial or or um, topic filled promotion right now. I mean, we we do post shows on them, and I cover everything going on. But yeah, I, yeah. I just kind of what what's what's your take on on the state of AW and what what's jumping out right now to you? Maybe that's a good thing for them for the time being. Just to I mean. All the drama of the, the the locker room brawl and everything, and and now you, it does feel like there's some stability there. The, the shows are good. Um, there's you know there's always going to be things to pick apart. I, I would say one of one criticism I have is they fell into the same trap that Impact did with the story that Daniel uh, Brian Danielson has to win all of his matches in order to get this shot with MGF. I just watched that with Mickey James and Impact, and I was open to it going in, like, oh, this could be really good. And all it did was just tip off, okay, she's going to win every match <laughs> until she gets to the title match, and then it will be interesting. And that's how I feel with Danielson. And the more frustrating part, he's in there with Bandito, uh, I, uh, uh, to the week before. These are matches where I want to feel just something when I see a near fall for the other person and I just don't, I'm just looking at it going, well, Danielson's going to kick out because he's not going to lose until he qualifies for this match with MGF. So I think that was a big mistake, but otherwise, I mean, the shows are filled with good wrestling. Uh, I I do like the, uh, I think the course correction, it seems like they're doing with the women's division. Jamie Hayter should have been a baby face. They made, they made a mistake Uh, there. It looks like, she and, and the AEW originals, I'm guessing, will be the baby faces. Uh, the, the crowd turned on Tony Storm because of Jamie Hayter. So they're kind of, and it's not like Tony Storm was getting massive cheers against anybody else either. And Soraya's just been kind of a mess. So I, I don't, it's a little bit awkward to see everybody kind of turning at once, but I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to see a little bit of a, a reset and just, Getting established 
who, you know, getting people lined up in the roles that makes the most sense based on crowd reactions and, and the feuds. What do, what do you think of Angman Page and his follow-up to the mock situation, your overview of how both of them did go you know through that and coming out of it and then the hint that he wants to make some things right presumably having to do with with kenny and the bucks my initial reaction last week is please go do something else please <laughs> like you you know the, the analogy was you're, you're still wearing your high school letter jackets and you're 24 years old and it's like you're in, in the, the people you're talking to don't know or care about your past that you're trying there's fans who obviously do but like the people you're trying to attract right now to watch dynamite every week who are kind of taking it or leaving it they're not enamored with being the elite in the history of of hangman in the box and if the story had been you know well told and you know coherent and consistent and cogent copyright paul Heyman, then people maybe would be more into it but it's like it to me it comes across as it's more people in their little clique wanting to do feuds and programs with people within their clique. And there's just too much of that that Tony Khan is allowing to happen. And I think there's better ways to, there's fresher matchups and, and better ways to utilize Hangman than to go back to, will will he or won't he be friends with Kenny in the box again? I'm with you totally. I, I'm just over the emo cowboy. And I know that's kind of how they branded him, but can I please just get to kick ass cowboy more often? I, I don't need to see him hanging out with the Dark Order. I, I've never been a big fan of that. I, I don't need to see him try to... I mean, if it leads to something where the Bucks actually become characters instead of guys who just pose and uh, they actually do have promos and things, then okay, maybe. But yeah, I, I think this has all been one of the things that maybe they've mapped out in their minds, and may, I'm sure it's veered off at different points, but I, I think Kenny and the Bucks and Hangman have all kind of had this long storyline arc where they're all going to get back together somehow, some way. And, and yeah, it, to me, it's not very compelling. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, hopefully next time, Jason, we do a flagship. We'll just have some real hot topics that, that we can dig into, but it is Royal Rumble week. And, um, and, and the show hasn't been bad. It's no, not that. That's yeah, the it's thing. Just, it's, it's just not good. For... Not a lot of major talkers. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. I mean, we could, we could do an hour and a half breaking down, Right. Everything going on in AEW, but it would just not that it would be filler, but it's not like A level stuff. It's just there's not to me, there's nothing I'm like super excited to break down with you this week about what they did the last couple of weeks on TV. It just feels like some things kind of came to an end and other things are kind of starting up, but it's not, you know, and in the day, I'm with you on the Danielson, th- the Danielson thing, and, um, you know, MGF's trying to be. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to get a bigger track record of, of his character. But, you know, what? I guess he's effectively stopped fans from cheering him. Um, and, and, and that's good. But, um, yeah, I don't know. And Rampage is still completely throwaway, unfortunately, despite claims that it was going to be better somehow. Yeah, I think they're – I think in their mind they think that they're doing more to make it relevant um, – but Dar- it's not working. But Darby and like, defending against Juice Robinson is another one of those things that's catering to a much smaller audience than they should be aspiring to get to, uh, than, than they should be aspiring to attract. And the, the Eddie Kingston-Ortiz story is a mess. A mess. It's not compelling. It's not interesting. I was, a, you know, a couple Fridays ago, I was, a, I was a critic of that bloodbath with the women. I don't think those women are worthy of uh, – th- that, uh, that sounds – 
the wording isn't what I'm looking for there. I don't think the feud is high enough on the card to justify bringing out that level of blood and violence. To me, when you have what's essentially a mid-card feud, get that level of blood, you're a promotion that engages in gratuitous use of blood and violence. You should save that for some really if really high-end major blow-off of a feud that people are really invested in. And Anna Jay and Ty Mello are not involved in a match of that caliber. Nor is Willow Nightingale, to be honest. And Ruby is, is mid-card AW. So... I just think that was gratuitousness for the sake of gratuitousness, and I, I was a critic of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I give the women involved credit because you can tell they're just going above and beyond, and and I, I just don't think the booking of the women in either promotion is all that strong. Although, as I said, I'm curious to see where this you know course correction goes. It's and it's not a women blading thing for me at all and i don't no. think you're saying that either because it's, it's, seen... not, it's definitely not about gender when i say that it's about right. their place on the card yeah I, I mean we've seen Britt baker and thunder rosa have an absolute war neither one of us were complaining about that so i just don't want people to be able to oh it's because of this one well, no it's not yeah i'm with you. it just it felt i know they've had this feud but it never felt like it reached this blood feud status that i just sat there with my jaw dropped watching yep. that go what am i seeing yeah and by the way, Danny Garcia is a really likable wrestler who should be a babyface, and Action Andretti is a really unlikable person who should be a heel. Action Andretti is the third Martin brother, I'm convinced, and they're just not telling us. I, okay, not really, but uh, yeah, I, I do go back to, yeah. wow, Jericho put this guy over. This is exciting, and what we've seen since then, it's like, why didn't Jericho pick somebody else to put over? And I, and I think Andretti has upside now. Oh, for sure. He's just not ready for this. Well, I'm, and I'm like been told by people in the company he's not ready for this. Like in in he's he's you know impressed Jericho in a dark match and had a good moment with Jericho, but as you get to know him as a character, he's not ready to be that sympathetic rising babyface. He has you know the, the judgment of going you know you need to you need to keep your woman in line, Sammy. It's like what decade are we in? And <laughs> like what? Um, and then just his facial expressions and delivery are not matching the character that he played in that Jericho match. And so, yeah. And I mean, for I, I didn't get deep into why, you know, he's not ready other than I've, I've heard that about him. Like, this is just this is not he is not going to be the breakout star of 2023. This is going to be looked at as, oh, they tried that. And now he's just kind of in the mix. But I'm still a fan of Danny Garcia. But, man, have they screwed him up? Um too. Well, that's another one. They're 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 trying to correct course. He never should have stuck with the Jericho I mean, the, the first time. That was just silly. I, I don't know what they were thinking with that. Although I do enjoy him the facial expressions when Sammy puts his arm on him or hugs him or you know whatever. Like he's just like, please get away from me. I don't want you yeah. to be my mentor. I'm not your protege. This is stupid. With some podcast memberships, there's a complicated system of having to enter a username and password in advanced settings, and it works on some apps but not others. That's not the case with PW Torch VIP membership. We now have a slick setup where you're a single click away when you go VIP from having your podcast feed automatically generated on Apple Podcasts. All you need is an authorized VIP membership as soon as you sign up on our express sign-up form, which takes about a minute. You'll get a link and you click on it and it opens Apple Podcasts and subscribes. No entering anything, no advanced settings. You can also subscribe on more podcast apps than ever other than Apple Podcasts, including Beyond Pod and Dogcatcher on Android 
and many others on iPhones and iOS. So VIP membership, it's more convenient than you realize. Get all the benefits of VIP membership, all the VIP exclusive podcasts, and these shows with the ads and plugs removed with a VIP membership. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. It's quick, it's easy, it's convenient, and we think it's worth it. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. How about the state of Jade Cargill, uh, Jason? Is she, you know, building up to win fifty in a way that's gonna like be a big deal, or is she? Is it more spinning her wheels in her little bubble with her clique, and it's just belaboring uh, a point, and it's time to move to the next level? I mean, I I generally am back and forth on on her and her her upside, but just kind of hanging out, having matches with Layla Gray and Red Velvet, yeah. and it's like nobody cares about anything that's going on. I should, nobody's an overstatement, but like there's not a large percentage of people. There is a single digit percent of people who can tell you the difference between any of Jade's circle of, of friends that she either teams with or breaks up with the baddies. It's not a storyline that's well told and that fans are invested in. And it's all she does. It's just this sort of revolving door of baddies. And I, I just, it's, I don't think that's the right way to use her. And I, I just think so much, so much of AEW's booking is Tony Khan leaving it to, hey, the acclaimed and the guns, come up with your own thing. Hey, Bucks and Hangman and Kenny, come up with your own thing. Hey, Jay, do your own thing. Hey, Britt, do your own thing. It's like, no, you need a leader at the top who's looking at the talent and going, you need to face this person because I think it's best for booking. And I know there's politics in WWE too. And there's people who, you know, when you're at Roman Reigns' status, Roman can go, I'm not feeling it in terms of having a top-level feud with somebody. And that will be respected. And, it, and the match won't happen if, if that's how Roman feels. And that's been the case with Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. Um, Steve and, Austin and, and Jeff Jarrett. Yes, and, and Roman Reigns. Roman, uh, Roman Reigns and Razor Ramon. Um, you know, it, it, there's just matches that seem like, or Billy Gunn, you know, it's like, where you're like, oh, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's not, that's not the right thing for me. And, and you gain that status. But AEW is just full of a bunch of clicks having these little intra-squad feuds, and it's not cohesive. And there's also not a sense of the, the pacing and cadence of the show, like, like the Ruby thing. It's a, this bloodbath violent match, but it's just on its own little island. And there's not a... a, a some like I believe there's value in holding back on something so that the thing that really matters can have the most impact. And AW is just sort of this this collage of of different authors and different little clicks just dropping in and, and presenting a show. It's like a a potluck dinner as opposed to something prepared by you know a five course meal by a chef. It's just potluck. It's just everyone showed up with their own dish, and that's kind of how AW feels. And it can work sometimes, but when it doesn't. It, it it unravels, and I, I think some of that is what we're seeing with AEW these days. I, I, I you asked about Cargill, and and I'm with you 100 percent because it, it's I've already asked. Like it's funny you say that they're all booking their own stuff or coming up with their own ideas. I'm like, who let Jade's daughter book this? Because that's what it feels. It's just chaos or chaotic, I should say. It's I I don't like Kira Hogan has potential. I, I've seen her in Wow. I've seen her in Impact Wrestling. She. Uh, not just in the ring, but she can talk and and be a good character. And Jay just kicked her out and then decided to have a match with her or whatever it was. And it, it, there was no story there. It just happened. And then the same thing with Red Velvet now, where we're, I'm watching it go, who's, who am I supposed to like here? 
why why are they not getting along? I don't even know. I don't care. Like they haven't done anything to make me know who Layla Gray is enough to care about her. And so Jade is just spinning her wheels. Uh, to, to go back to your question, and I, I, I boy, I'd love to. If somebody could ask Tony Khan, what's what's the big thing you're building to with Jade? I, I honestly don't know if he could tell you. And it's it was understandable the first 25 matches. These last 25 matches, I don't feel like a lot of progress has been made at all. I feel like she's just in the same mode, and they still have no idea, big picture-wise, what are we doing with her? Well, because she is very – she's talented. She's charismatic. There's a lot to like. But I don't know that she's gotten – that much better in the ring there's been some improvements but creatively what's the end game here just have her dick around until chris statlander comes back to beat her that's it yeah <laughs> that i think i wish i thought that there was more to it and i don't know that there is and that's why you know there needs to be somebody at 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 the top of the booking hierarchy that has the to- the bandwidth as paul Levesque put it to tend to all these things and it's it's not there, and it's one of the downsides. The, the show's been really fun to watch. You know, I mean, it, individually each segment has had you know th- th- more hits than misses, and um, the sh- th- there've been two-hour shows where you can imagine fans watching, going, "That was a blast." But that's not good booking. Uh, that's not the entirety of good booking. You know, the, the, the good booking and, and doing what's right to grow your business, or you know, what's ideal in terms of growing your business, is different than putting on an entertaining two hours of wrestling. And sometimes our analysis is different than the fans for that reason, um, because we're looking at this going, okay, that was an enjoyable two hours, but this was counterproductive and that was excessive and this is repetitive, uh, whatever, you know, and, and I, I just, I want, I want AWS pieces to, to be better in that way. And, and I'm kind of hoping we see some, some progress revolution as far as that goes and and that's going to include some people working with each other and this goes back to cody and the cody click and you know the the fact that you know he had his he he was an evp but he was in his locker room and he had the people that he was comfortable with and who you know told him what he wanted to hear and were deferential and looked up to him and when he walked into a different locker room and acted like a leader and said some of the cody type things he'd walk out and people would snicker and and laugh behind his back and and you know like at some point you this clickishness you know, it's oh, the Bucks and Kenny, they're in the locker room. You know, it's like everybody needs to get out of the locker room and circulate and get to know each other and understand that part of being in a wrestling company is is working with a wide array of opponents. And there's not enough of that amongst the, the top and, and even some of the mid-card people. No, and I still, you know, it, if you want to avoid some click some uh, clicks from forming, maybe you don't have 200 people around. <laughs> I mean, there's just, yeah. there's too many damn people and you're never going to be able to keep that many people happy and content and so there's going to be resentment that forms something's got to change with that i i don't know why it's like i obviously don't want people to lose their jobs but i also don't want this company just to spin its wheels and i i look at uh not that this is really related to that but this week's dynamite now we have a great hook now but with mark briscoe wrestling had that not occurred Darby Allen and Buddy Matthews for the TNT title. Okay, match junkie. That's fun. Yeah. Brian Danielson against Brian Cage. Okay, well, Cage loses all the time. This time, they're trying to tell us that he might break Danielson's arm. I, I don't believe it, but whatever. Ricky Starks and Action Andretti against Jericho and Sammy. Eh, you know, not bad. They, they've kind of at least got a story going there. 
a, a random three-way out of nowhere with Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, and Britt Baker. Yeah. Uh, the team that they, we were just told one night only, Jack Perry and Hooker teaming up again already to go against Ethan Page and Matt Hardy, who have something going on the YouTube shows that really doesn't make it to TV enough for me to keep up with. And then Billy Gunn holding family therapy. I, yep. It's There's good matches in there. And if you're a match junkie, that might be enough for you. I don't feel like, it, again, you take out Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal, which was added today. Uh, this was what they were going to go with. And there's, there's just not enough good storyline-driven content that I think is really going to hook the masses. Yes. No, I agree. And the Matt Hardy thing is another example of wrestlers off in their corner with the people that they're comfortable with coming up with ideas and then getting a TV and then getting some TV time. But they've put so much thought into it. They know what's going on. They're probably as frustrated as the viewer in terms of the, the, the flow and the context uh, of, of what they, and, and so it's just constantly like putting stuff on TV that either you had to watch dark or some, some, some social media thing or some video online or or it, it hasn't been mentioned for three weeks, and it was on Rampage, not Dynamite. But now it's on Dynamite. Like, you have that kind of thing going on too much. And uh, you don't have that person who really what Tony Khan would benefit from is someone who only watches Dynamite and has access to his headset <laughs> and, isn't, and can just go, I don't know what's going on, Tony. I don't know what's going on, Tony. What's the backstory on this? I don't know. Because he needs someone to remind him. That, first of all, even if someone watches Dynamite every week, they need some reminders. They have lives. They're watching WWE. They're watching their favorite NFL team. They're 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 binge-watching, you know. Uh, uh, that 90 show, damn it. That 90 show or Severance. Have you seen Severance yet? I have not. I recommend it. I recommend it. Um, and and so all this is going on. Like it's, but I don't think Tony knows. Like, I don't think he's – he just remembers everything evenly. And doesn't take into account, like, there's, you know, about a million people watching Dynamite, if you count the seven-day viewership, and there's about half that watching Rampage. You can't do something on Rampage and not catch people up on Dynamite without alienating half of your Dynamite audience. And that is ex- exponentially the case for something on Being the Elite or social media. And it just, yeah, it's frustrating. And anytime Matt Hardy's on TV, it's like, yeah, I'm sure he, you know, pitched something. But it, when's the last time Matt was involved? I mean, like, the stuff with the private party... And Ethan and Stokely and Matt, uh, it's just some, there's, like you said, too many wrestlers and some storylines just don't need, or some some wrestlers don't need a storyline. And I, I feel like so many of the little little pockets and click, clicks of wrestlers are pitching ideas just to get TV time. And what it leads to is everybody's in an angle. They're always breaking up or or yeah. with each other, or there's some convoluted stipulation. There's an ownership of a contract, or if I lose, then this happens. And it's like, sometimes you just want a booker who goes, no, we're saving all that stuff for the top third of the card. You're not the top third. You're just going to go out there and wrestle. And you're going to get yourself over because you're a good wrestler with a good personality. And we're going to get the audience familiar with you. So when it's time, if you earn it, you can be involved in an angle. But not everybody should be involved in an angle all the time. And it's there's all these angles going on. All these intra-squad storylines with Jade and Matt and, you know, Jericho Appreciation Society. They deserve it. That's a, that's a top-level act. Jericho's a star. Um, but, yeah. So, anyway. I'm ranting, but yeah, it's everyone's in a little, nice. everyone's in a little pod doing their own thing and there's no quality control and, and big picture overview of it. And it, it, it is, I think, hurting AEW. I agree. And, and I also feel like Tony still hasn't gotten over this blind spot dream match 
uh, what he perceives as a dream match yep. is very different than what I think the average wrestling fan, uh, how they perceive <laughs> something to be. I mean, hey, I, you can get me excited about Kushida facing Darby Allen if you put the work in. Yeah. But the last time we saw Kushida, many of us was in NXT when he was hanging out with the dude who wears the jacket. Yep. And I know hey, I like Kushida. I was in. I enjoyed the match for what it was. But what's the harm in building him up for a few weeks? Take your time. Tell a story. Let everybody else catch up. There's still too much. You're late to the party. Uh, you should know that Kushida was a legend in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and therefore you should be excited because he's facing Darby Allen. Put the work in. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. I feel like Brian Danielson's whole existence in AEW has been, here's a wide array of people that the artist Daniel Brian, Brian Danielson wants to wrestle, and now let's build some sort of flimsy storyline around it so we have an excuse for him to wrestle these people. Yes. And it's good matches, and I'm glad Danielson got to leave WWE and have, um, he really wanted to wrestle a wide variety of people. But, you know, he's getting paid for more than the self-indulgence of being an artist creating different paintings every week. And, like, you've covered some of it earlier. You know, some of the matches he's having don't really work well with the storyline, including, you know, putting himself in a position where fans are, you know, rooting for him to lose so he can't fight face MJF because he's facing someone who's a sympathetic figure in the eyes of the fans and it makes no sense that MJF would even put him against him at least with Brian Cage you know you kind of want to you, you want to see Danielson win and there, it, it makes storyline sense but there, yeah there's just even Danielson is an example of the self-indulgence or lack of of, of sort of discipline or um, you know being a true part of something larger that's more more coherent and strategic and everyone's just kind of doing their own thing, and they just earn their slot, um, and they get their get their TV time. Some, you know, more consistently than others. Absolutely, yeah. yeah that, so that nails it. So Tony Khan Booker of the Year. Um, <laughs> not for me. No, yeah. I, I'm sorry. It's it's not. I, I I mean I don't run that award at .net, but yeah, uh, it, it's certainly not Vince. It, it you can make a case that it's Levesque by default. I personally would give it to Scott Demore and the crew at Impact mm-hmm. Wrestling, as I talked about last time I was on. They yep. get more out of less. Yep. Uh, there's, there's, their show is well-paced. Their angles make sense. Do I love everything they do? No. But I just think it's a good, well-booked show. And now, if you're, the counter to that is, okay, but do they make money with it? I can't argue that. that that's the tough part. That's what makes the, the Booker of the Year a tough category because I'm booking on enjoyment more so than it's made money and but they're in a tough spot not all things are equal when it comes to this uh because obviously they're on a smaller platform with access tv the the best movie isn't necessarily the one that did the best box office and it's up to movie critics who watch all the movies to say this is the best movie regardless of the marketing budget or the stars who were you know who everyone just goes to see all their movies it's actually okay to say someone is booker of the year even if one-tenth 
of the people watch them compared to Vince McMahon's booking in 2022. And uh, you just shouldn't have to apologize or rationalize it. The best booking is the best booking. If you have a weekly two-hour series and you think the best job was done by somebody who has 100 to 200,000 viewers compared to 2 million, that's, that means it's still the best booker. It doesn't yeah. mean the voting's going to be fair, <laughs> but, but your choice right. can be different. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if, if he does win again. Um, and, and the, I know the Observer is kind of what he's known for with that. And yeah, I, I mean, it's Paul Levesque came in and, and did a pretty good job, too. So I am kind of curious about that one, to be honest. We didn't talk about Vince McMahon coming back. And um, obviously, that was a top story. And we talked about it a lot. Um, yeah. but, but since you've been on, um, what what do you think we're heading towards in terms of... Um, Vince's influence over Levesque's booking and Vince's presence being a factor in who wants to associate with WWE. Are, are you surprised at, at the fallout from the Vince announcement in either direction so far? I, I, I mean, it's, it's fear-based. If he's just back to broker a sale in a perfect world, he wouldn't be. It, but just as somebody who follows this product closely, I don't want him anywhere near creative. We've seen it. It's over. He's not good at it anymore. Doesn't mean he can't do anything. He's put together some big events over the years still in more recent years that have worked. It's the week-to-week booking that he is just incapable of because his memory is terrible. And that comes from someone who has an equally bad memory in a lot of ways. But uh, it, it's just, no, he he's lost the touch. His vision isn't there. Uh, th- there's just so many things. I-, I can point to so many reasons why he shouldn't be anywhere near the book, but the bottom line is he's got the power to take it back anytime he wants to. And I-, I guess I just hope that what they're saying is true, that he doesn't intend to, but I, I have no reason to believe them when you know Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan were telling the WWE employees, I think, on a Friday that uh-huh. uh, nothing's going to change, and then Vince McMahon's back in power and Stephanie's resigning. I, I, you know, early the next week. So why would I believe anything that comes out of that company regarding Vince McMahon right now? Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I'm I, I suspect Paul Levesque has more of an idea than you or I do about Vince's trajectory, but I don't. I think even there's some doubt or a lack of certitude about what movie's going to make next um, and, and what the fallout will be with advertisers or corporate partners or broadcast uh, partners, um, negotiating partners, potential owners, people at the level of John Cena and The Rock and Steve Austin and how they feel and um, about him being back or, you know, so there's just so many things that just, you know, maybe you don't even know yet what, what the reaction is going to be. I, I think him not being part of Raw 30 in person uh, showed good judgment on yes. his part. Um, so yeah, I just it's a it's a story in flux. But you know, if 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 Levesque is booking, he's still now booking with the idea of being that his boss is Vince McMahon again, and that mm-hmm. that was that was always looming as a possibility because he was always the major, majority sh- power shareholder. But it wasn't as present as it is now. Obviously, again, with Vince on the board and, and um, you know, reasserting himself and some key allies or anti, I don't know, anti-Vince people is the right word. But, you know, people being off the board who, who Vince didn't see as allies, I guess is the way to put it. So it's a story in, in progress. And I don't know. I mean, if Vince really is in it just because he needs to be there to pitch the bottom of the ninth, 
in Game 7 of his World Series, uh, of that one grand final deal. And, you know, that's one thing. But then Stephanie resigning days after Vince announced his return. You know, and, and, you know, Oh, but Nick Khan says her work was just done. Like, okay, Nick, why did you and and the rest of the board vote unanimously for Vince to be out? Yeah, no, we, I mean, I mean, it, come on. It's and it's it's just not. It, it's 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 what you say if you're trying to avoid, you know, the perception of of a succession like family drama. But we have a succession like family drama when it comes yes. to what's going on with that family. Um, well, think about. I, I mentioned this last night in audio Ed. Who would have guessed even maybe even a year ago, but certainly five years ago that we'd have raw 30 and there wouldn't be a single member of the McMahon family there in person. And I don't count Paul Levesque. Yeah. No, I know. No Shane, no Stephanie, no Vince. Um, none of the kids. <laughs> so, and that's the thing is Vince took away with this power play a good thing with Stephanie and Levesque taking over. Everything was going well. The perception was she was competent, that she and Nikon were a good team, that Levesque was handling creative very well. He was a younger, a younger vision who also didn't disrupt Vince's vision. Um, and it allowed it, it passed the, the, the WWE to the next generation. And Stephanie was at a point in her life where it's something she wanted to do and she was uh, engaged in the job. And getting really good reviews for what she was doing, from what I heard. There might be people who are critical of her that I haven't heard from. And he took that away, selfishly. It's just a fact. And he might think, well, I'm entitled to be selfish. It's my company, and think of everything I went through. And I want it. And, and I, I, if all these other people who are accused of things uh, equal or worse than I did are, ba- are still in the public eye in positions of power, then why should I be you know, the person who steps down? Um, and I'm sure he felt... We you can know. all justify our own BS. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, you know, we are in the spot we're in because of that. And now this this some you know somewhat scandalous transition to Stephanie that had gone smooth since the initial news broke. Now it's like there's a break in the family lineage. You know, now might Stephanie be brought back because of this positive framing they've put on it? Oh, her work was done and I love everybody, except I'm not gonna mention my dad and my you know, statement other than call him the founder, which was very cold. <laughs> um, and I don't think accidental, you know, when she thanked everybody, she thanked the janitor, but not her dad right. um, explicitly. So what well, she didn't thank the janitor, but pretty much. Um, and so, you know, she might come back when whatever happens to Vince happens to Vince where he's not in charge anymore. And so that can still happen. And then she can, you know, maybe her daughters want to be involved in it, you know, 25 years from now or 15 years from now or whatever their ages are and when they get involved, maybe that can still happen, but this is a big bump in the road. Um, and it is not a, 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 a happy family, uh, a happy, cheerful family getting along right now. I admire the ability that, I mean, it, it's taken a lot of restraint over the years for Levesque, Stephanie, Shane, and maybe they've, they've all gotten there by now. I don't know. To not tell him to go f himself, uh, just the 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 manipulations, the games. Uh, it, maybe, it's maybe she has, but not publicly. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I I don't. Yeah, the things haven't been good with them for a little while here. This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to do list with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. No food prep, just microwave in two minutes and you're good to go. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store or the hassle of ordering for home delivery, skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. 
Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. The key to that is quality ingredients packed with nutrients, not empty calories. I am big on nutrient-density food and skipping empty calories. So head to go.factor75.com wade and use code wade60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code wade60 at go.factor75.com wade60 to get 60% off your first box. Oh, so let's right. We're, we're just we just we're just talking perfect, Jason. Um, but let's uh, let's talk about MLW and, and their development and close out there. Um, new uh, new TV deal. We talked about impact and and a case for Scott Diamore and his team to be Booker of the Year, and the, you know that they're kind of under the radar in a way. Maybe they shouldn't be. Um, ROH is now under Tony Khan, and they're not doing a, a weekly show. Uh, but MLW is still there as as a a brand that's been around for a long time. Uh, what do you think of this latest move? So yeah, they they landed on reels, and they they both sides issued the press release to announce it. It's going to be debuting in February. Uh, I would say after NXT, but for God knows what reason, NXT still has an overrun. Uh, but it's going to be nine central, ten eastern on Tuesday nights on reels. Which, uh, for those not familiar, is it, it's available in forty million homes, and which is technically fewer than I think Access TV is listed at fifty. But the big difference is I think it's on a more accessible tier to most people. Uh, I know my girlfriend watches On Patrol Live, like basically religiously. She'll, if if she's uh, we're not around on a weekend night, she'll record it to speed through it. It's one of the most popular shows on cable TV. And so, it, you know, there's uh, it's not just some small thing with nothing else going on for it. And uh, she didn't point out to me that uh, while she was watching the show that, yes, indeed, MLW is getting uh, an ad uh, probably hourly or so uh, that's airing during that On Patrol live show. So that that that's a big boost. Uh, There's a lot of questions, though, that I have about this, because if you read the press release, it's very positive, of course, but there's nothing about a multi-year deal. I, so I don't think it's anything like that, but I just, yeah, there hasn't been, there wasn't anything in the press release that made me feel like this is permanent. This is here to stay. I, and I hope I'm mistaken. And, and it's just a poorly written press release, but I do have, yeah, there's still some questions about this deal in terms of the long-term nature of it. All right. Well, I mean, it, it's good to have options out there and uh, wrestlers having a chance to get more TV exposure and get more work and have jobs. So hopefully it, it catches on and they and they grow the audience and it turns into a long term deal, even if it's not now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jason, we'll, we'll wrap up there. Uh, always fun having you on. Uh, who knows what will happen in the next three weeks? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I guess we don't have to worry about talking about the Vikings for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, what happened is not unexpected. No. And no, although, we had no defense. It's just exactly. that simple. Yeah, it is. And I mean, yeah, it's just, could we have gone on a hot run and won some squeakers and, you know, had some things go our way? Yes. And, and that's what we're hoping for. But it's not like, you know, blowing, you know, 15 and one and losing because of a missed field goal, basically, where you just think you're destined for the Super Bowl and you're in a stadium chanting Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not that. Um this was a team that overperformed, and it was a fun season, and I wasn't super – I mean, I wasn't happy we lost, but I wasn't shocked and dismayed because uh, there were better teams that moved forward. Yeah, exactly. I, I did expect them to beat the Giants. I, I told you, 50-50 game. Yeah, and it ultimately, was. Ultimately, 
I ultimately predicted that the Vikings would, but I wasn't shocked when they lost. And I definitely had them losing the next week to San Francisco had they won. I just didn't think there was any way they were going to go to San Francisco against a team with oh, that kind of defense yeah. and our awful defense and find a way to win. So, yeah, I mean, it was a fun season. I, I, I can't complain. And didn't San Fran, like, win their last, like, eight games or 11 games or something? Like, they just, they got, they lost some games early and they just went on a hot streak at the end. I mean, it was just, if that's where we were going, all we'd lost out on is one game. Because I agree. I mean, realistically, that wasn't likely to happen. The, um, and Kirk Cousins had a really, really good season. And uh, some people are only going to remember that, that weird pass he threw at the end. But the Vikings would not have been in the position that they were in as a number three seed without his performance given that defense no there's this narrative with him that's just it's never going to go away unless the guy has like super bowl level success that it's kirk cousins he's a failure blah 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 look i get it you know i've I've seen those seasons with him in washington i've seen a rough season here this kirk cousins was different until the very last play that's the thing that kevin o'connell seemed to beat out of him was you don't just always throw to the check down guy, regardless of the situation. Bad Kirk Cousins showed up on that last play, but this yeah. was a great season for no matter what the stats say. I, I guess the stats I would point to for anybody going, well, he's had better statistical seasons. Look at the number of comebacks this guy led. This was a different. This was a far different Kirk Cousins. That was not a uh, Brett Favre passing a ball when he didn't need to pass the ball. That was. Kirk Cousins, and then it gets intercepted and screws us up. Yeah, it was Kirk Cousins making a pass that wasn't going to do us any good. Yeah. But at a, but a lot of other things would have had to have gone well for it to even matter. Yeah, that was a, just Kirk, come on, take a chance on this play. Give us a fighting chance. Exactly. And, and it's probably going to be incomplete or intercepted, but at least you tried. Yeah. Great, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. No food prep, just microwave in two minutes, and you're good to go. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store or the hassle of ordering for home delivery, skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. I've been a Factor customer for a year. I buy these meals regardless of whether they sponsor this show, and they got me through the holidays. I had the fuel and the healthy meals that I needed for energy and weight maintenance with all the tempting treats at all the Christmas gatherings that I went to. So no matter what your lifestyle or what the season, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. They're prepared by chefs, approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. The key to that is quality ingredients packed with nutrients, not empty calories. And that's what Factor Meals are all about. And that is why I am a regular consumer of Factor Meals. I am big on nutrient-density food and skipping empty calories. That means no white flour, no refined sugars, no artificial ingredients. All the best kinds of protein, carbs, and fats that are packed with the nutrients that give you energy and make you feel satisfied so you're not tempted to snack 
and thus gain weight and then feel dragged down after that sugar spike. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over three dozen quick bites, smoothies, juices, and other satisfying add-ons. If you're looking to cut back on takeout, Factor is a great option. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery. When you're hungry and you've got time to eat, you're two minutes away with Factor. Eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor, and you know that's important for me. Each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, so you know your Factor meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add additional protein to select vegan and veggie meals each week. So get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Again, ready in just two minutes. There's really no easier way to eat well. Achieve and maintain your goals this new year with Factor. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. So head to go.factor75.com slash Wade and use code Wade60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code Wade60 at go.factor75.com slash Wade60 to get 60% off your first box. Go.factor75.com slash Wade60. Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! With some podcast memberships, there's a complicated system of having to enter a username and password in advanced settings, and it works on some apps but not others. That's not the case with PW Torch VIP membership. We now have a slick setup where you're a single click away when you go VIP from having your podcast feed automatically generated on Apple Podcasts. All you need is an authorized VIP membership. As soon as you sign up on our express sign-up form, which takes about a minute, you'll get a link, and you click on it, and it opens Apple Podcasts and subscribes. No entering anything, no advanced settings. You can also subscribe on more podcast apps than ever other than Apple Podcasts, including Beyond Pod and Dogcatcher on Android, and many others on iPhones and iOS. So VIP membership, it's more convenient than you realize Get all the benefits of VIP membership, all the VIP exclusive podcasts, and these shows with the ads and plugs removed with a VIP membership. PWTorch.com slash go VIP. It's quick, it's easy, it's convenient, and we think it's worth it. PWTorch.com slash go VIP. Anytime you're watching WWE Raw or SmackDown or AEW Dynamite in particular, send us an email if you've got thoughts on the show or a topic you want us to address or a question for us. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com, Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. If there's anything else going on in pro wrestling that you want us to address on our main podcast during our mailbag segments, that same email applies, Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. We invite that interaction. Let us know what you think of what we're saying, and let us know what you want us to talk about and ask us specific questions. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. As many of you know, I like my food analogies when it comes to pro wrestling. 
Don't ask me how I make it work, but I think I do some of the time. I, I really actually am into food. I like uh, nutrient-dense food. I think about what I eat. I think about what I put in my body. I think I make good choices, and I have good energy, and I maintain my weight well. And part of that is whole foods and nutrient density. But that's not always possible when you're in a rush or when you don't want to order out and spend the money on the tip and waiting for the driver to show up. And a lot of us don't always have time to cook. Some people just don't like to cook. And that's where factors, fresh, never frozen meals come into play. I have regularly ordered those on my own. I found that I like to have a supply of factor meals always on hand. It takes about two minutes to heat and eat. Factors, fresh, never frozen meals make it easy to fuel up fast. Savor the harvest season with Factors Pumpkin Feast for Two, featuring fall's most craved flavor, pumpkin. This ready-to-eat bundle helps you make the most of autumn with a full spread that feeds two. It might make for a good fall date night. Factors Rotating Meals have a ton of fall options every week, too. You can add your seasonal favorites like three-bean vegan chili, one of my favorites, or Tuscan tomato chicken, or many other options on their menu, which changes every week. In fact, Factor offers 30-plus meals per week and 36-plus add-on options like smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on the schedule. If you need more protein, you can now add protein to select vegan and veggie meals to pack an additional boost in every bite. If you're trying to work out or just increase your protein content, Factor makes that easy. And Factor, as I noted, is cheaper and quicker than takeout. Seriously, thanks to their commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can actually feel good about what you're eating every day, and it tastes great. They don't add a bunch of extra salt and artificial ingredients to try to fake it. They use real whole food, and you'll taste it. So when things get extra busy, Factor is flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week, or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And Factor has options for everyone, however you like to eat. You can choose from keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and protein plus to get chef-crafted, dietitian approved recipes you'll look forward to every time. As many of you know, I eat a primarily vegan diet, and I choose vegan options. And the variety of options just in the vegan category keeps me going. Again, I can attest to this as someone who likes to cook and likes to eat out. And frankly, I'm kind of picky about restaurants I'll go to a second and third time. These are chef-crafted recipes packed with restaurant-quality flavor. Factor keeps renewing their sponsorship of this show, and they have through the year 2023, because our listeners have found this to be a product that works for them. I think it will work for you. One thing I've found that's helped me maintain my weight as I've aged is nutrient density. It's about eating food that has high-quality ingredients without a lot of processed, empty calories. And Factor's dietitians have figured that out for you. They've done the work, and they deliver it to your doorstep. So here's what you do. Head over to go.factor75.com slash wade60. I'll repeat that in a second here. And you'll get 60% off your first box. That's code wade60 when you go to go.factor75.com slash wade60. That's go.factor75.com slash wade60 to get 60% off your first box. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a megadose of wrestling news and analysis with a pro wrestling torch newsletter, 
paper copy edition in the year 2022. You can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash papercopy. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling in real time over the past 30 plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're going to begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all-text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them, plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our Torch year-end awards, the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002, one at a time throughout the year 2022. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with the WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PWTorch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at pwtorchdailycast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Cast.
It's a new year, so why not treat yourself to a PW Torch VIP membership and get these shows with the ads and plugs removed and a ton of VIP exclusive audio shows such as the new Focus on AEW and Focus on WWE series that I record throughout the week dedicated to a focused look at WWE news and a focused look at AEW news along with commentary, analysis, and Q&A with VIP member listeners. Plus our post-pay-per-view VIP exclusive roundtables and so much more. Plus over 35 years of archives of podcasts, radio shows, newsletters, articles. Check it out, pwtorch.com slash govip. Tells you all about membership. So why not make 2022 the year that you enjoy all the benefits that come with a PW Torch VIP membership. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? pwtorch.com, daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling, in real time over the past 30 plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're gonna begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them. Plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our torch year end awards the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002, one at a time throughout the year 2022. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcast? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the U.S., Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PW Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows. 
with ads and plugs removed, the Wake Keller Processing Podcast, Wake Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash VIP. That's patreon.com slash VIP, And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. Anytime you're watching WWE Raw or SmackDown or AEW Dynamite in particular, send us an email if you've got thoughts on the show or a topic you want us to address or a question for us. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. If there's anything else going on in pro wrestling that you want us to address on our main podcast during our mailbag segments, that same email applies. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. We invite that interaction. Let us know what you think of what we're saying and let us know what you want us to talk about and ask us specific questions. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com.